Welcome to the Lost Lowdown, podcast number 20, with your hosts, Claude and Justin. What's up, guys? How's it going, guys? We've got a special guest for you today. The one and only Jennifer is back. Hello again. And so she's here to talk about uh, Flashes Before Your Eyes with us, and uh, good to have you. So what did you guys think of this episode? Um, uh, I just wanted to say, you may remember her from the Glass Ballerina podcast, uh, Another incredible episode with much to talk about. Yes. Jennifer was our guest on that that episode. Yeah. um, What did I think? Well, uh, when I initially watched it, uh, I didn't... I I guess when I initially watched it, I thought, I don't know what I think of it. It wasn't... Last week's was really exciting to me. I wasn't really necessarily excited by this one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And at first I thought that was a big letdown. Um... But uh, when I watched it again, I sort of was watching it um, not thinking about what was happening, you know, not like uh, trying to analyze what it meant and all that, mm-hmm. um, which was really clouding my mind. And when I just sort of watched it like dramatically, I think it's good. Like there's a couple scenes that I think are really good, um, like parts of it. Um, uh, and so, like, overall, I think it's a good episode if you don't, like, want to think about what it means for the plot or whatever. Um, uh, I, I think it works on, on that level. But but in another sense, I think it's kind of – I'm worried that it's going to end up being like, like Dave or something. So an episode that seems important that just in the long run doesn't matter very much. Mm-hmm. What do so, you think, Jennifer? Well, I watched this episode in much the way I live my life, which is with extraordinarily low expectations. Nice. Uh, and, and, you know, inevitably that, that leads to, um, uh, you know, being delight, delighted and surprised. But, no, I, I, uh, I thought last week's episode was, I mean, exceptional. And I really wished that I could have uh, podcasted with you guys on that one. But, um, but when I saw the preview for this week's episode... So last week when I watched the next week on Lost, I thought that it was going to be another episode like further instructions, which I thought was really awful. Yeah. Um, it just uh, just kind of hokey, and you know it. Well, when I when I saw the next week on Lost for further instructions back in the fall, I thought it looked like it was going to be a really interesting episode. Mm-hmm. But then I was completely let down by it, and I that's kind of what I thought was going to happen here, and so I was it was impressed by it but i actually did think it was a good episode and i i don't think it's going to be like dave in so far as dave was kind of a throwaway episode where they you know there were a couple of interesting things in dave but but it was kind of it it, it just didn't it didn't move towards anything on the island like there wasn't anything i mean there were some really interesting things that happened in that episode like the supply drop but um but the 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 main story of Dave with the whole flashback aspects and the eating and all that didn't really um, come to anything. But I thought that, that this episode was interesting. And I think w- without going into it too much at this point, I think that some of the ramifications of, of the kind of bigger concepts in this episode are going to, uh, to play out in interesting ways on the show. And, and they... I mean, it didn't advance some of the bigger mysteries of the island, but I, I didn't really think that it would. So it's, um, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. Well, I, um, that's interesting. I, you know, 
I when I first saw the episode, I I I I liked it. It wasn't. It's not an action-packed episode, you know, like especially like the last one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I thought it was pretty good. Then I watched it again, and then I then I thought it was sort of worse because really? some of the things that they put out there and that they're trying to say, you know, or at least they're I should say some of the conclusion that Desmond makes, uh, they they don't really add up. And and so I was watching this sort of trying to piece together what's going on and what, you know, what's really happening versus what they're sort of trying to tell us is happening. And uh, some of the things weren't adding up. And But I, I, I like – the episode was fine. It was actually sort of um, – this episode was sort of unique in that, you know, it was, it was very flashback-oriented, but it, it wasn't sort of sappy. You know, it wasn't Sun and Jin and their, you know, melodrama. You know, it wasn't, you know – Rose and Bernard and their little, you know, whatever. It was, it was, it was a flashback heavy episode, but the, but it was interesting. You know, they made it interesting with this idea that he's time traveling or whatever's going on, which we'll talk about. Um, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't action packed like most episodes are, but, um, or most of the good episodes are, but, um, yeah, so I don't know. I thought it was kind of unique in that it's, it's, yeah, it's, it was absolutely it's, it wasn't this, it wasn't the sappy flashbacks they were used to. Well, the flashback aspect of the episode, which was the majority of the episode, was not, it was completely different from the flashbacks in other episodes, yeah. not only because of the way that it's framed in the episode, but because it's not exactly a flashback. Exactly. It's a flashback, yeah, right. but it's not a flashback to a past reality. It's a flashback to this um, sort of reimagined reality that he experienced while he, um, you know, in the immediate aftermath of the failsafe. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the the comment that you made earlier about the stuff not really adding up, I know Justin had sort of a problem with that, but I think that that's kind of laying at the nature of dealing with time travel and seeing the future and things like issues like that that are um, kind of inconceivable to us. Mm-hmm. And um, and anytime you see a movie or read a book or whatever that deals with um, the possibility for you know, going back in time and changing things in the way that it affects the future and blah, blah, blah. It's, um, it never quite adds up because I don't think it's something that we can really wrap our heads around. Yeah, I, I don't, and I know what you mean. I think, I think that that's a different set of issues, the time travel versus what I'm talking about, which is basically Desmond's conclusion on what's going on and what he has to do. I thought, mm-hmm. to me, that's my real problem is that that doesn't add up. You know, what he, what he's been, We'll get into it, you know. But yeah, what we should talk about told. that when we talk about that crazy, scary woman, yeah. Flanagan, or whatever. Her yeah, Miss Miss uh, Hawking, because... I think was her name in the episode. What is it? I think it was Miss Hawking. That's what they referred Miss to Hawking. her as. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, she was named the actress. That played her. Yeah, yeah. Yes, somebody else. Well, let's get into the episode. Um, right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alrighty. So we got the the first scene. Uh, which is hilarious. Charlie and Hurley going through Sawyer stash, which um, which to me this is the kind of scene that I that I sort of oh. imagine. Oh my god! I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. This listeners lost that. I don't know that happens to me all the time. I I wanted to say something and I forgot and it just hit me. Um, <laughs> I feel like it hit us too. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, let, I just want to say this real quick about the episode in general. Uh-huh. Um. And, like, this season in particular, I've noticed that they've been going with these very narrowly focused episodes. Mm-hmm. They're, they, they, don't, they don't seem to, like, like when she was just mentioning, like, Dave, like, well, the supply job sort of occurred at the end of whatever, but 
back in back in those days, even like the Rose and Bernard episode had like several significant scenes that had nothing to do with Rose and Bernard. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and like the whole truth had like that great scene with with Henry Gale and um, whatever. Henry Gale. Uh, um, uh, I remember those days. What's his name? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It uh, uh right? like you could count on. I think I think Echo might have been maternity leave, but anyway, okay. uh, anyway. Uh, even if you didn't like the main plot line, they would give you enough of other stuff that mm-hmm. you could still like maintain interest in the episode. But this season, it seems like they've been going with very focused episodes that are sort of just about one thing, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and and not like like they they've made like sort of a, a half-hearted attempt to kind of switch you know in a, in a few but in general it just seems like they're going with this like because in this episode they're on the beach but like most characters have these like cameo roles mm-hmm. you know where they just kind of walk on and stand there and you're like i what are you even I doing i haven't seen here? you in months yeah yeah right? you mean like sun with her little yeah sun yeah. side yeah. like they're, they're all just sort of like there to stand around and you know and um, fill in the background I yeah. feel like that was absolutely the case with this episode, and then it has been the case with this season, but I don't know, it was more so with this episode. Like, even, you know, the last time I did this with um, the Glass Ballerina, most, you know, uh, the bulk of the episode was this kind of lame uh, sun emotion kind of bullshit, but then there was this really great scene at the end with um, with the World Series clip and... and mm-hmm. You know, they they do, I mean, they have been giving us stuff that deviates from the main thing that they're focusing on, but I guess it's just less, I mean, I think that they're revealing things at a less rapid pace these days than they were back then, because there was just so much to, I don't know, there's so much to get to. I don't know. Does that make any sense? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. uh, I just, I just feel like, I just feel like they are... They're sort of like this episode is pretty much into like you could show it almost any like you could show this before the last episode it wouldn't matter you could probably show it after the next episode it wouldn't matter <laughs> this could be the you first know. season or the first episode of the third season yeah why it does doesn't it matter where this well, it sort of lines up with further instructions like you could have shown it probably right after that like there's you know it's it's just weird how like the other episodes have this like tight structure and these are sort of like they just seem kind of independent of each other. Yeah, so it seems like a different group of people shot and wrote these these little episodes. Yeah. It's like the main writers focused on Jack Hayden Sawyer, you know, their arc, and then there's like a whole, you know, the the second tier people did these, you know, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the unpaid intern. Wrote it's awesome. Yeah. Damon Lindelof like co-wrote this episode. Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, well, that's it's... why we have all this great dialogue. <laughs> 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 all right, so we can start. I'm sorry, okay. I just. So, if there's no more uh, immediate thoughts to blurt out, then we'll start. Oh, uh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first scene is Charlie uh, has Charlie and uh, Hurley going through Sawyer's stash, which, um, which I guess this scene, I mean, took place several days ago. Um, or you know, these episodes aren't taking place. You know, every episode isn't another day. Um, I'm assuming this episode, what did you say, Justin, right after further instructions, maybe? Well, no, I think I was saying it lines up as far as the fact that it shows what happened to Desmond sort of right after he woke up Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, showing Locke, but actually, it also seems to be the next day. Actually the, the, uh, because otherwise they would already know that Echo was dead. The, uh, 
uh, yeah, no, I think I think it actually follows uh, the cost of living because yeah, because Echo's dead. But I mean, yeah. this is ta- this is basically taking place the same day as uh, as I do, right? I don't know about that. It's not it's not clear how they line up. Well, like they... well, it's definitely not after the it's not the next day after last week's episode. No, no, it's it seems like it's the next day after the cost of living. Yeah, Echo has just died. They've just come back to the camp. Wasn't I do? Didn't I do end on the same day that Not in Portland took place? Pretty much. I mean, yes. I don't think Not in Portland got to another day. No, no, no. It's no, the it next the day because day. of the surgery. Yeah. So I think. Um, well, because they cut back, and I do. They cut to uh, they cut to them burying Echo, mm-hmm. and so maybe we can assume that's like the same day. And so if we can, then this is probably, you know, right after that. Well, they definitely buried Echo the same day he died. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm I'm thinking as this, as uh, as these guys in the end, well, I guess not in the end, as these guys are getting drunk on the beach, Kate and Sawyer are, like, about to wash up on the shore or something. Oh. Like, this is kind of the, the timeline we're looking at. Although it does seem like it would have taken them a very long time to row two miles. But they, they haven't actually left yet. They're still... They hadn't left at the end of last week's episode. Well, they rode away. Did they? Yeah. The end, yeah. Oh, yeah, and Carl, Carl went with it. I was just thinking about the... Okay. Yeah. Okay. They were, never they were mind, never off. mind, never mind. Now, They'll the next on Lost suggests that, you know, yeah, yeah, who yeah. knows what But well, you can't. We're not supposed to talk about... Uh, right? You can't talk about Oh, next on Lost is safe. I just can't. I just can't throw out like nah. It's it's barely a spoiler. It's it's yeah. I mean, we like to save it at the end just because it's you know it's after this episode, but it's it's fine. Yeah, Um, you can tell I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I can tell you listen to us all the time. (laughs) I've I've actually never heard the podcast. Nice. (laughs) I don't know how we found you either. Did you? Uh, uh, I just said I don't know how we found you either. I guess you responded to our ad on Craigslist about yeah, yeah. Guest the, house. the well, I actually I thought that it was the foot fetish model ad that I was responding to. Mm-hmm. Oh no, but, we uh, we did that one too. Oh okay, yeah. Okay. But I guess I didn't get the gig. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was yeah. Our other you email is fo- footfetish at gmail dot com, and you responded to mm-hmm. lostlowdown at gmail dot com. How did so. that happen? It's too oh, easy. It's yeah, too easy. It's too confusing. Um, one of the weird things Hurley says in this scene, he calls Desmond Desmundo, and, (laughs) and, you know, I had to go to the transcript to figure out what he said, because I I thought he said, like, Gugbungo, or some weird, like, surfer talk or something, I didn't know, and then, like, then I found out it's Desmondo, and I'm just like, man, you're just reaching for stuff to say, like, that doesn't even Mm -hmm. make sense, like, shut up, Hurley. He gets really good lines these days, like... That man can like, like dude, dude, like dude, like look dude. like dude, like that dude You're can like. like... <laughs> <naked>. <laughs> yeah, God, he's he's really stretching himself as an actor with these mm. these lines. Yeah. So blah blah yeah, blah. Uh, Desmond comes to get Charlie and Hurley. Blah blah blah. The next scene. Uh, Locke and Saeed tell Charlie and Hurley that Echo's dead. Another two people who've been getting really good writing lately. I know. I'm so man. That's I remember so sad. the. I long for the days of the old Saeed. Man, I was just gonna say that. I remember the days when Saeed was just awesome. Yeah, Locke too. Yeah. But now he's just like a kind of a bumbling fool. But Saeed is just. I yeah. don't know. He he used to he used to really be. Um, yeah, he. I mean, you could go else. to Saeed and he would help you out. You know, you whatever situation he had an answer. He could torture yeah. somebody. He could build something. He could, oh yeah, you know. 
It's been so long since they tortured anybody. I know. What are they the doing? Show. That was the whole reason I started watching the they show. They should torture Charlie. They should torture Charlie. Why not? Um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, it, it's really sad to see what those two have come, come to. I really hope they start writing for them again. Yeah. But this scene plays out like it's so doofusy. Yeah, it's pretty bad. This, uh, if I could use my critical vocabulary mm-hmm. for a moment. Um, it's, it, it, it's so, uh, anyway. This is actually the scene that I meant when I said that the first scene was so funny. It's, you know, not the part where they're rifling through the tent, but when they actually get to the, um, yeah, they go into the jungle and, and you know, Locke, oh, God, his line is so bad. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's not much, you know. And then next we have, um, you know, they're they're talking and, and Desmond gets this strange look on his face. His, his spidey sense is going off. And... <laughs> yeah, his spidey sense. Uh, yeah, and and as Justin pointed out, like no one is listening to Locke talk. No, no one. He's like giving this whole speech, and you know, well, we're gonna tell him about Echo, and you guys need, and they're just like they're looking gonna, around, oh, and oh, oh, and and uh, with the doctor <clears throat> gone. Oh yeah, I wanted to ask about that. <laughs> it's kind of odd. Locke refers to Jack as the doctor. It seemed huh. very oddly impersonal, like. Something he should have said, you know, in episode three of season one, you know, before they knew each other. The doctor. But it just seemed really weird. I think, I think, I think he said the doctor because, um, he's making a point that, that he obviously knows Jack well enough to call him Jack, but he's, Mm -hmm. but he's saying the people in the camp don't have a doctor and they're on edge, they're on edge about that. Um, and and that's why he said, that's why he said that. And I think it's also in, in part to uh, to differentiate that he's not talking about Jack's role as a leader, which he clearly resents. He's just talking about his role as the doctor. Mm-hmm. Like he he doesn't want to say without Jack around because it makes it you know it makes it seem like people are depending on Jack outside of right. this medical. You right, know, exactly. And, which he obviously doesn't want people to think that. Yeah, and and Locke is being a he's little conde- he's he's kind of being condescending here, just you know, calling him the doctor and saying, mm-hmm. you know, oh, that's all. That's the only skills you have of value yeah. is being a doctor. Of course, they do have a dentist. They do it's have a dentist. A... <laughs> so, <laughs> although I have to say, if bad. something happens with your teeth, there's not much Bernard can do. That's um, true, but I think the dentists do have to go to medical school. So they might know certain things. He should, yeah, he should be next in line for certain things. Yeah. It just seems strangely impersonal because he's talking to people who know who Jack is, you know? Unless Saeed, now without his opportunity to torture people, shows, you know, other sorts of skills, like... Yeah. He's also a doctor, for instance. It it may have made more sense if if, if Locke said, "With, with our doctor gone or something like that, like... Yeah, making it the the point that that the person who can help people who are sick is gone. Right. Of course, there's still sun. Yeah, because it just seemed like he just seemed like he was yeah, calling him the doctor, not if you know. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either way. I'm just gonna go and say he's 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 trying to make a point that Undermine you know. Him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes the most sense. I just I don't know. It, it struck me as a little awkward. Or unless there's a doctor missing and it's not Jack. Oh, here we go. 
There we go. That's the first. Oh shit, that doctor we found on the beach is gone? Yeah. What happened to him? And he had... Maybe it's like Paolo or Nikki. Oh, yeah, God. Maybe they're doctors. Believe me, Paolo or Nikki could not finish medical school. <laughs> they, they, couldn't hey. be, they couldn't be more worthless, actually. Oh, man. They're, they're really... Paolo and Nikki is right under Charlie and Claire. I mean, they're just like... <laughs> oh, man. But the but, well, at least Claire but the good thing about sort of interesting backstory. The good thing about Nick, Nikki and Paulo is that they haven't actually done anything. You know, they're just sort of crappy. They haven't actually you know consciously done anything bad and stupid, unlike Charlie and Claire. So right. they still get some credit for that. I I was thinking that the good thing about Nikki and Paulo is that they haven't actually been in that many episodes yet. No, that's the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, that was the distinction. What? Well, okay. Oh, there's a computer. Okay, we can go now. Hey, oh, that's what you want. Oh God! <laughs> You're always talking about how they don't include us. This is our chance. <laughs> that's the best Nikki voice I've ever heard. Oh wait, was that was that Paolo? I couldn't tell. <laughs> oh, zing, zing. Yes. All right, so okay. Desmond has those brothers in there. <laughs> Charles Widmore. <laughs> Oh man, that's insane. <laughs> Nikki voice just Yeah, Nikki did a little dubbing for Libby. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So um Desmond Spidey Sense goes off and he starts mm-hmm. running and running and running. Oh Des, where are you running to? <laughs> what are you running from? Secrets you kept, lies you told. If Kate ever makes it back to the island, the two of them can just, you know, run around with, with Exactly, because they're both born to run. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> so he goes, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, he saves Claire, and Charlie's all upset. And, and I love short. when he goes, Claire, don't worry, Charlie's here. It's like, she doesn't give a shit. She's drowning. She doesn't care if you're there, Charlie. He's yeah. like, Charlie's here. And Desmond's like, Did he Moo. say that? Yeah, yeah. And Desmond's like, <laughs> nah. Desmond's I like, I love how totally Charlie. impotent he is in this scene. He can't even swim. No, he this can't. has been established. Um, That's why he would have drowned, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I mean, he says in the first season that he can't swim. Yeah. And I can't Not believe that. They that... Well, no, but he should remember. So I, I mean, I don't, I just don't understand why people. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, I meant the writers. I could see oh, him writing him swimming sometime and just forgetting about all that. Yeah. Oh, he was just saying that. He was just saying that because he wasn't willing to jump in and save Boone. Yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah, that is that's weird. It's the same like thing, and that's when that happened. This okay. is the third time someone has mysteriously. Well. I guess Boone was trying to save that girl, right? Yeah. She Joanna. just like yeah, she just like mysteriously got swept up and then Boone tried to save her and the now undertow. and now Claire just got mysteriously swept up from the undertow and yeah. she's like This this episode actually had a lot of parallels. Uh that and the whole um Desmond Widmore's, you know, is is the son you know, or the gin the gin and son's mm-hmm. father thing and we'll Yeah, that was about. really similar. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, you know, and after, after... Can I point, can I point out another one? Yeah. When Desmond is in the pub with the physicist, and, uh, and the physicist doesn't believe him that he can see the future, and he says, you know, what happens next? He says, this is not the way it works. And that's exactly what the psychic says to Claire. Exactly. When she, uh, when she asks him why he has to count the money. Yep. But, anyway. 
Um, one of the things I want to recycling their own lines. Yeah, I want to talk about um, you know, right after this, as as Desmond is walking away with Claire and Hurley goes, that guy sees the future, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, basically we find out that 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 Desmond went into the water to save Claire because not not specifically to save Claire, but to save Charlie mm-hmm. because Charlie would have gone in. Uh, to try to save her, but you know, I I want to contend that you know Claire would have drowned mm-hmm. by by the by the time Charlie would have even found out she was out there. Now maybe they're still saying that you know Claire Claire would have been out there you know and drowned, and then Charlie would have found out and tried to go you know get her body or something and would have died. But it's, he there's no way he would have drowned saving her because she would have been dead by the time well, he got over there. Yeah, after much frustration, here here's the theory that I have that okay. sort of sort of helps this is that it's this kind of Boone and Joanna situation where, you know, so Charlie goes in to save Claire and then someone else goes in to save, to save her, both of them and can only save one of them and saves Claire Mm -hmm. and then he drowns. Does that make sense? But, but the problem is like if Jack had gone after Joanna and Boone had drowned, you know, but the problem is Charlie wasn't there. Like, like, yeah, well, there's a lot of problems with this scene. You guys don't want to talk about this when it actually happens. <laughs> well, it came up like, yeah. like if he, like I, I, you know, you could say, oh, uh, uh, Desmond knew, so he led him away, but the, but he doesn't seem to realize. Yeah, it until he doesn't. He, gets into the he doesn't seem to know that she's going to well, drown until he gets out. You there. can't say that Desmond led him away because, you know, Charlie. I mean. uh um, Locke and Saeed were the ones waiting over there, you know. Yeah. Well, so and- it was up to. It seemed like it was Locke and Saeed who were the ones who were at that location. Yeah, and he doesn't get this moment of clairvoyance until they're already exactly. standing in the jungle. Exactly. And and then the other problem with this obviously is not only that you can't think that Desmond led him away so that he wouldn't drown, but that if he hadn't gotten this vision, then. How on earth they all would have still been standing in the jungle listening they, to Locke that's, talk. That was when my she point. Died. That was my point. Like, yeah. what, however this would have happened, Charlie, Claire would have would have drowned before they because you know if they would have if if he didn't have the vision, they would have sort of casually finished their conversation and walked back to the beach. You know, ten you know at least ten minutes or so or you know something like that. You know, Claire would have would have drowned, and. Yeah. Um, so, so that's what's, that's the first weird thing about this whole time travel and seeing the future is that, you know, he, he, he says one thing, but, but that's not how the situation presented itself, you know. So I, I guess the only recon- reconciliation I can think is that, you know, they would have sort of finished their conversation and gone towards the beach, and then they would have noticed Claire was in the water, and Charlie would have jumped in and, and drowned trying to save her, but Claire would have been dead already. She would have already been dead, yeah. yeah. Hmm. But it's odd because he, I mean, that seems to say that Claire was supposed to die, and he seems to deny that, or at least not. He leaves it out. Well, yeah. is there is there any way that Charlie could have saved Claire but still died himself in the water? Or maybe, or like you said, Jennifer, it's the, it's the Jack and Boone thing where Charlie went out there to save her and then yeah. someone else did and, you know... Claire yeah, and somebody else would have survived in that Charlie. Work because of the whole jungle thing. But I, I, yeah, mean, I no, think no, that's no. the closest sort of excuse you can come up with. But, you know, all this all this time talking about the scene, and we haven't even mentioned Claire's bangs. Mentioned her bangs? Yeah, she has bangs now. Really? 
Yeah, they must have found those scissors that Kate used to uh, to give Sawyer a haircut. Oh, nice. Because uh, she's got bangs now. The Dharma scissors. It's a nice kicky summer do for her. <laughs> um, isn't this like, other, isn't this like is December that... right now where they are? <laughs> I don't know. Is. Yeah, I guess so. But it's Nothing perpetual. Nothing can tell the difference. It's perpetual summer there. Yeah. But, um... But on the subject of haircuts, if I may, uh, Jack, by now, because of the length of his hair, he would have the most, like, unattractive, scraggly look right now. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, even if he's shaving, like, how could he possibly be trimming his hair? He would look, he, he would, they just, they can't let go of the desire to, to keep the uh, you mean keep the sexy factor. You mean, well, yeah, please don't let that go. But Please. you mean uh, you mean <laughs> since he's watching. you mean since he's been on the island or since he's been captured? Since he's been on the island. Oh yeah, well they all they all would look pretty bad. I'm assuming that someone has scissors and stuff, and they you know people yeah. get haircuts and they you yeah know. no. But can you really cut hair like that with scissors? You need like a oh Jack's like hair is really short. Clipper things. Yeah, and you like like clippers. Um, I'm but other people's hair is getting longer. You know, son's hair has grown like, <laughs> like five inches. Uh, hey, that's that's, that's part of the time travel on the island. Things are hey. speeding up, and, but, then, uh, um, but you know, incorporate that in the plot. Right? What I would what I would say about Jack's haircut, at least until the point where he was in the hatch, is that uh, they probably had some sort of clippers or something in the hatch because yeah, maybe you know they would want who's ever in there to be able to take care of themselves. So. Yeah, I guess they just don't show it, and so yeah, I, I, I don't, don't want to see Jack cutting his hair. No, I don't either. But um, <laughs> what? <laughs> but I don't know. It's just it just seems you know like everybody else's hair is growing. Yeah, Michael was looking really scraggly. He couldn't have. Uh, yeah, in that was. one day that he was, I guess he was preoccupied. I think they made him look scraggly because it was like uh, was you know Michael on a journey. Yeah. Michael was gone for a while, and he comes back, and oh look, he's been gone for a while. Look at him. He's yeah, so, it makes know. him look. Changed. It makes yeah. him look a lot more exacerbated when he looks like that. Like yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Next scene, please. Maybe when Jack yes. comes back, he will look like that. No, he won't. I know. <laughs> Not unless they want the ratings to go down. Ooh. Ooh they already have. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the next scene, uh, Claire's talking to Desmond, and she's thanking him very much. Uh, that was really bad. <laughs> wow, that was... Wow. What, what, what accent was that? Uh, that, that was, that was Clarice. I see. <laughs> Um, it was Claire after a long sojourn in exactly. Alabama. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Season 12. Season 12, thank oh, you. Oh, dear. Um, sojourn through Alabama. <laughs> and related stories. The we, island is actually off the coast of Alabama. Can I Can I recap the scene and then we make the jokes? Can that be... Sorry. Can we do that, please? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Um, Where you? What scene are you doing? I don't even. <laughs> you know, you're paying Claire attention. On the beach oh, that's nice. awesome. Okay. You know, I got Jennifer, off track. Sorry. Jennifer, you incite this this kind of raucous behavior. Well, we're both drunk. Yes. Oh. We're not well behaved. <laughs> uh, we're doing lines of coke between li- between uh, you know scenes here. We're so. making pig smoke. <laughs> nice. Oh man. Nice. Well, oh, man. since you're doing that, can you tell me what that is? <laughs> Um, trade secret if you have to ask all right all right you'll never know so like i said claire claire's talking to desmond in this next scene all right yeah all right and then um she's she's you know she's thanking him blah 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 very claire like 
And then Charlie comes over very, <laughs> very Charlie-like and says, uh, oh, Claire, I thought you were only going to be five minutes. Uh, Aaron needs feeding. Aaron, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's just pushing the bad mother card and right. making her feel guilty. <laughs> I'm sure she, she loves that. Yeah. The doting Charlie. And then and then we get the next, you know, then we, we see Hurley talking to Des, uh, sorry, Hurley talking to Charlie. And, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to find out what he knows. I ain't going to do that, man. <laughs> We're going to get him really bloody drunk. I mean, what kind of plan is that? Who who comes it's up with It's a very British one. I guess. Like, just, just hey, we're just going to get him drunk. Then he'll tell us everything he wants to know, we want to know. Well, you know, what I love about this is that throughout the course of this episode, which I guess if you take out the flashback, it's only like, I think it's really not that long. But um, but throughout the course of of this day that they're that they're dealing with, Charlie seems convinced and obsessed with the idea that Desmond is up to something. Yes, I made that same note that he seems and, to be like there's something going on, something sinister. Yeah, like like there's something devious about what he's doing, like saving people's lives. <laughs> you know, like what is he up to? What is your motive? Well, you know, they yeah. say Superman was actually a villain because he was, you know, always doing really good things. So that makes you a villain. <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, what's behind all of this? Yeah, but he. <laughs> You know, the whole episode, he he seems to think that, um, yeah. I think it's I think it's largely jealousy. I think he's like, yeah, how, you no, know, how totally. are you able to save Claire? You know, to sort of know to save her, and I wasn't, and I need to know how you knew that because I'm insecure and blah blah blah. And... Yeah, but it, yeah. but I'll I'll present I'll present this that despite how implausible it might be in in any other <clears throat> circumstance. To say, like, oh, this guy can can see the future, uh-huh. as Hurley says to Charlie. Um, after everything that they've been through and seen on this island, why? And and the fact that, I mean, either Desmond is just really lucky, or he really can see the future. I mean, why why is Charlie so unwilling to believe that he can just see the future? I think well, I, I get your point, but I think that you know, just because weird things happen on the island, you still don't want to just accept weird things happening, new weird things. I you know. Yeah, but Charlie, of of all people, I feel like they've established him being this person who's kind of obsessed with the island mysteries. Yeah. You know, like he's seen the smoke monster more than once. He is. He seems like a really superstitious person. He um. Well, he didn't. Uh, yeah, but he didn't know that that Desmond could see the future. I mean, he didn't tell him that to the end. No, so, but but Hurley tells him that. Yeah, but Hurley, it just it seems like he but didn't listen he, to Hurley. I just, I just don't understand why he doesn't believe Hurley. And I mean, I I can understand why in the real world, if someone, you know, if I was like, man, what what's the deal with this guy? And then somebody mm-hmm. was like, oh, he can see the future. I was like, what? But. I don't know. The facts kind of compel him otherwise. I feel like maybe he just wants Desmond to say it. Yeah, and it seems like it seems like Hurley wasn't really convinced uh, because like Hurley went along with the whole drinking thing too. And it seems like if Hurley really thought he had the you know Desmond peg, that 
don't know. It seems like that that would have carried carried on a little bit differently, but no, it seems like... I think Curly totally buys it. I think he just has. I think he's just kind of goofy. Like I think I... he absolutely believes it. You think he so? just goes along with it because I mean, he's got nothing else to what... do. Yeah, exactly. What's what else is he gonna do? <laughs> yeah. But anyway. I I just no, I don't buy it. I don't buy that he can really that that he really truly believes Desmond can see the future because he never. He never questioned Desmond about. I mean, maybe he'll do it later. But in this episode, he never questioned Desmond about. It. He never said, "Hey, man, do we get off the island?" Or, "Hey, man, you know." He didn't question it himself, which I think made he's it kind of scared of Desmond. Or he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't really know Desmond that well. But still, he could he could question him about some awesome power of seeing the future. Oh, if you're asking why people in Lost don't ask questions, I mean, ugh. <laughs> no one what ever does, does. Does that happen a lot? <laughs> at least not the at least not the right questions. <laughs> I think he, I think he believes, well, cause he was the one who heard the thing the about Locke's thing. famous speech. Yeah. And then, and then he, he, uh, uh, what else did he do? I think we needed that line from him for the episode because that line sets up the whole big flashback thing. And I think we needed the audience, you know, the writers look like we need someone to say he can see the future. So we watched the flashback and his, you know, his conflict with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, Hurley's the one to say it. I know, and Hurley exactly. It makes sense for Hurley to say it. Uh, I guess my point is Hurley's actions don't support that he really truly believes it. It just seems like that's something he said. He might believe it, but I, I feel like if he really truly believed it, it would have been different. But but I think suffice it to say, we're supposed to believe Hurley believes it, so that's fine. Yeah, I I think this is a good opportunity to to put in my two cents about the New Year's resolution. Okay. Uh, I think it's good. I think it's a good one, and that um, it's going to lead to a lot less frustration for me when I'm listening to the podcast. Justin, you want to... At least one of you is willing to believe on occasion (laughs) what the people behind the show want you to believe. And I think that in this case, um, the the writers want you to believe that Hurley does believe that that uh desmond can see the future true i do too but even if even if his actions insofar as having not asked desmond any specific questions about the future don't support that he knows i think that that doesn't mean that he doesn't believe it i think it just means that he hasn't asked him any questions about the future yeah sure i mean i agree that he should ask him stuff though like realistically i mean if i knew somebody knew the future i'd be asking all kinds of stuff especially if you were stranded on but like but like i think it's one of it's just one of those writing things like they yeah they they only have room for so much yeah and they just sort of like they just want him along like he doesn't really serve much of a purpose in this episode he's kind of just tag along hurley yeah you know they they don't like i don't know they don't really make him do anything substantial. If he started just like asking questions, it would have been it would have been odd. But I agree that's like realistic, and it it seems like it's like if you really believe it, why are you behaving this way? So or, or they could have least like had you know had him say it one more time, you know, directly to Charlie. Like you know, if Charlie's like, "Oh, we're gonna find out what happened," and he, Hurley goes, "Dude, I'm telling you, you can see the future." And if Charlie yeah. blows him off again, then we're like, "Okay, fine." Charlie doesn't want to believe it, but Hurley believes it. You know, like I guess yeah. one more time it would have sunk. It would have sunk in for me. He did have the line where when they were getting the the alcohol, when he said he's going to know what you're going to do or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and, true. And then he says, you know, oh, that's why I have to get him drunk because then he'll know and be drunk. Like I, that didn't really make sense. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. 
<laughs> we'll get him so drunk that he can't see the future anymore. Yeah, no, we're gonna go back in time and get him drunk, so he won't know what we're about to do right now. Yeah, like it doesn't like he'll know you're gonna get him drunk, you know, like it it doesn't whatever. But although although it's clear from the episode that, you know, it doesn't work like that. You can't just <laughs> you can't command what you're gonna know. Yeah. You know, it has to be it it's just specific things. It's you know, somebody in peril or whatever. Just Charlie. Just Charlie, excuse me. Because, yeah, I'd be like, hey, we're going to, yeah, we're going to get off the island. What's the deal with the others anyway? You know, uh, who's that eye patch guy? Who's uh, that eye patch guy? Uh, what's the smoke monster? I don't know that he necessarily is going to know. Yeah, all that, I, I really, he's not. Well, my he's theory. Really, he can see the future. He can't necessarily. Uh, hey. I mean, I mean, presumably what he sees when he sees the future are things that affect his personal knowledge yeah that's that that's my my theory about what's going on is that he basically you know he he can only see the future in so much of what what's if what affects him or what right. affects oh him and speaking is. of that you know what else is weird as far as the drowning thing like he wasn't oh, there you know so if he just sees stuff that he was there to see you know it seems a little odd that that he would see Claire drowning when he wasn't there. Yeah, but he might not actually see Charlie drowning. He might see the aftermath of Charlie having drowned. Like, he might see the future in which Charlie has drowned trying to save Claire. I really, I really think in order for that, that to make sense, like, it would have, it would have been, you know, the, the first timeline is that they're talking in the jungle and then they casually finish their conversation. They walk out to the beach and they see Claire. Charlie goes in and someone else goes in and Charlie drowns. You know, okay. I think that's, you know, that's how, that's how it would have happened. But then he, but, you know, but, but right before Claire dies, he has the premonition. So he's able to go save her before that. But I think, yeah. I think the idea is that they would have, for it to work, they would have had to have gone down to the beach at some point. Right. You know. I guess like my thinking was if, if the people on the, if like the lost people on the island discovered all the, the solution, to all those mysteries and he were still around, he might have known Mm-hmm. at some point right. and so like i just i don't know to me it'd be worth asking i you know who knows what what he might what might flash before his eyes yeah it seems like his flashes are dependent upon you know or like i said a spidey sense you know like mm-hmm. whatever is about to happen right then he can sort of tell you know because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like he can like say okay what's well, going to happen 10 years from now desmond and he can like yeah. tell you well the, the uh the, the yeah. block speech was Lock's speech was a ways before, and so was the lightning. Like he, he had time to carry out this whole thing. It was before. only but a it was, couple. Yeah. According to the, a line in this episode, the the lightning thing was just a couple of hours. Yeah, it was a couple of hours. It wasn't. It wasn't. But that's days. still not an immediate danger. Well, it, but it's not ten years away. True. I think we're splitting hairs about Spidey senses here. Uh, I don't actually know much about a Spidey sense. But like with Claire, it was an immediate danger. Yeah, it was like with, she was drowning. Why, Charlie. And the other times it was sort of more of a delayed, like it's going to happen in a few hours. And and that's really a plot thing too, because he needed time to you know try to get Claire and Charlie out of the tent, and they didn't, so he needed time to build the thing. And right, and if he lightning's not something you can run over and stop. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're Superman. Unless you're Superman with a super plan. Speaking of, speaking of eye patch guy, he's somebody I'd really like to hear from again soon. As is Penny, uh, not in flashback form, but in 
getting a phone call from the Brazilian snow people form. Yeah, well, I will forward that to Carlton and Damon and let them Please know do. that you're, you're that you're looking. You're new, they're new and unpaid intern. Right? I am. Well, no, I got paid. I got a. I got. I got started getting paid. Yeah, it's only twenty Dharma dollars an hour though. But that's <laughs> um, enough to buy some fish biscuits. Hey, it really is. Some buy some Clucky's chicken. <laughs> Um, okay. You know, twenty real dollars an hour isn't that bad, but Dharma dollars. Twenty yeah. dollars an hour is more than Dharma is dollars. Like Canadian dollars or uh, no? Like they're not worth anything. <laughs> no, they're not like Canadian dollars. They do exist. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> 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 um, okay, let's go to the next scene here because we're only on scene four, guys. Let's. let's... Oh, and yet worry. we have nothing. And yet we all three said that we don't have anything to say about hey. this episode. Yeah. Hmm. Imagine if we actually had something to talk about. <laughs> okay, uh, blah blah blah. The next episode, Charlie and Hurley come to Desmond with the with the whiskey, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, Desmond notices this McCutcheon whiskey, which you know we all know from his past that that's a really expensive whiskey that Winmore well, we drinks. Yet. Well, I mean, we know because we will we've seen, find it out. We've seen the episode. That's what I meant. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Just you know, in case anyone is is listening to your podcast in lieu of actually watching the episode, <laughs> uh, let me um, tell you now that's not something you should do. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't do that because uh, I, I I hate to say it's probably not as interesting as the show itself. Oh, well, it depends on the episode. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, it really nice. does. Nice. Lost lowdown. Better than further instructions. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I really had such high hopes for that episode. Anyway, never again. So, uh, so they get drunk and, you know, they're going through the whole thing and then we get to the real point of this whole thing. Um, Charlie asks Desmond about Claire and then drowning and he, you know, he We're just... We're not going to talk about their songs? You know, sure, let's talk about the song. No, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm joking. Oh, because... But I do think it's... I mean, are British people really like that? Yeah, I think it's a yeah. You're right, British specifically. Uh, they they all like to drink. Let me let me they categorize use... them as one type of people. They all like to drink and they all like to sing songs while they're drunk. Mm-hmm. And I know this because yeah. I've met them all. Yeah, I, it seems like there ought to be. You know, there's there there are all these uh, people who who get really worked up about. Um, depictions of Italian uh, people on TV and in movies as being these like mafioso. Uh, you mean uh, Italian Americans, please? What did I say? I Italians. <laughs> Italian American, please. <laughs> yeah, Italian American. Um, but it, it, I, you know, you don't you don't really hear people uh, complaining about depictions of the British in films. Anyway, continue, please. Uh, let's oh. uh, can we edit that out? Um, <laughs> Well, we'll discuss that more on our uh, cultural biases. In, no, uh... I just, you know, I, I've started uh, on the subway lately seeing all these ads. I guess A&E has, uh, has bought the rights to replay old episodes of The Sopranos, which is a show I've never seen. Oh, wow. Um, but, uh, but their show, the ad campaign is so kind of gross. Um, anyway, go ahead, please. All right. Uh, um what, Charlie asks. Yeah, I, I did want to mention the song only because it's really it's really funny. It's a very very easy and specific writing thing where like y- you know you show the aftermath of drinking and and how do you show people having fun? Well, you you, you show them drunk singing a song, and so I can just imagine it was like 
and action. Da da da. She was only the farmer's daughter. Ha 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 ha. Now about Claire's drowning. It's like, you know, it's like it's yeah. it's only it's only Charlie's like stone cold sober. Yeah, when he's like so Desi, Desi baby. Desi, Desi. Gotta ask you a question. Let me ask you something, buddy. Mm, I wonder what it's gonna be. Yeah. What do you? It's like, do you, it's like do you they're all your... laughing and joking, and then he gets all serious. Yeah. And... Hey, Desi, where do you where do you get your pants? You, you have nice <laughs> pants. Are those dockers? <laughs> Did we once meet in London outside Woodmore Industries? <laughs> and I was, I was a real ass. The guitar and I was a real ass to you because that's just who I am. And exactly how many buttons do you unbutton to get that perfect? Sort of attractive open shirt look. Yeah, you're such a master at. You show just the right amount of chest hair. How do you do that? <laughs> oh dear. He's like, anyway, I can see, yes. I can see Desmond like <laughs> unbuttoning his shirt. He's like, one, two, <laughs> three, <laughs> three. <laughs> it's like the uh, the old Tootsie Roll pop. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. The world may never know. To get to the Tootsie Roll center of the Tootsie Roll pop, then let's see. The owl is evil. The owl is evil. And you know, no, the owl is absolutely evil. The owl. How many legs? Well, how about this? I'll eat it. Exactly. And not only that, what makes it worse is that the turtle knew. The turtle knew the owl was going to do that. Yeah. And that's why he's like, yeah, yeah, hey, boy, go ask the owl. Yeah, he'll tell you all right. Mm-hmm. No, they, really? they, they had the a plan. Knew? Oh, yeah, of course. The t- he's old and wise, just like the owl. They have friends. Uh, they do that. Yeah. That's a mean prank. I never really thought about it that way. It is a mean prank. But I think the owl just couldn't help himself. Well, it is a Tootsie Roll. Exactly. Pop. Tootsie Roll pop. Yeah, sorry. Tootsie Roll pop. Yeah. The only flavor of which that's worth eating is uh, chocolate. You're right. Anyway. You know what you're also right about is this next scene. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> you're you're known through the internet community for your segues. I am. I am. <laughs> um, you just suggested she's going to be right about the next scene. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, Normally she, it doesn't mean anything. That, that, that guy can see the future, dude. dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I've I've done that before. Remember Justin with the uh me telling you what I'm gonna tell you something and then you're gonna believe it. Well you're gonna not believe it and then oh, yeah. you're gonna believe it. Yeah. And it it's like it's like you know the stages of disbelief or whatever. Right? Yeah. I mean you get to watch them unfold. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna tell you something and at first you're not gonna believe it, then I'm gonna tell you why I think it and then you're gonna believe it. And then it happens mm-hmm. exactly like that. It did. <clears throat> so, so next scene? Charlie asked Claire about the drowning and um Charlie asks Desmond. And yeah, that's what I meant about Claire's drowning. Yeah. Charlie asks Desmond. And you know, he doesn't really give him an answer. Oh, I guess I I guess I heard him. Guess I heard her. Dude, you're like a mile away, man. <laughs> <laughs> Which provoked the uh the discussion about the uh the thirty second mile that he appears to run. I really think and I you know, my first my first thought was that that same thing, that there's no way he ran a mile that quickly, but I think he was exaggerating. When he yes, said, yes, I think it was a bit away. of hyperbole. Just but, a bit. Um, yeah. Because yeah. the three isn't the three minute mile the the time to beat. I don't know. I don't like race a lot. That's like the fastest One mile. thing to note is that she wasn't yelling. She was drowning. Yeah, she was unconscious. Yeah. But anyway. Well, he heard uh, her splashing in the water. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which she was too the, unconscious the, to the, do. The count of splash only Claire could do. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Much <laughs> Claire swims <laughs> much like she raises a child, very ineffectively. Effortlessly and um, <laughs> with very little success. Okay, sorry. Let's go back. Let's get back on track here. So, I mean, there's nothing really to say. Basically, you know, they get into the big fight. Charlie calls him a coward. Um, that, that whole that whole series that he that he leads into, I thought, was pretty pretty crappy because you know this is the first part where we we see that Charlie has some resentment against Desmond about what happened, and he sort of thinks something something mm-hmm. sinister is going on. Yeah, but nothing really is. Yeah. All right, good show, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Namaste Sorry. and uh, good night. Good night. Isn't that is that not what you say? Namaste good and good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. That's all right. Good night. Um, though. I like that. Too. I was thinking about going to bed though. That's the so late night talk show version. Um. Yes, I agree. <laughs> what what's the next scene? The first scene of the flashback, right? The first scene of the flashback is uh you um, know, So this is so this is where the show starts getting interesting. Yeah, exactly. That microwave, the scariest microwave. No ever. microwave should ever beep like that when it's ready. <laughs> Beep. Beep. That's a pretty good impression. That is pretty good. I think you just. He's I think been you practicing just played, all day. I think you played an audio clip. You didn't fool me. You played. I, uh, <laughs> no, I. I was uh, when that scene happened. Can we talk about that scene or should I wait? I totally shit in my pants when I see that. That's so scary. Yikes! <laughs> um, um, that's a different. That's a different podcast. What? Um. Yeah. Wait. What scene are we on? Okay. So, so he. Yeah. So the he's, next scene, he's back with Penny. Blah blah blah. Well, there's there's a series of flashes of um, his life. Yeah. He's well. No. Well, isn't it? No. It's like flashes leading up to the failsafe, right? Which was part of his life. Yeah. Okay. I mean, because he says <laughs> he says my life flashed before my eyes, and that's I think that's where the yeah, title is coming the from. The life flashing before his eyes is more the. The bulk of the episode that ensues, where he kind of relives. Um, that wasn't a flash, was it? Well, I, this is. I mean, I think that what we're talking about now is is kind of the one of the interesting things about this episode is what exactly is this whole thing that happens in the middle of the episode? What exactly is this? Yeah, that's happening. And I think after watching it a couple <clears throat> of times, I think that that what you're actually seeing is meant to be understood as what he saw between the time that he hit the failsafe and kind of got knocked out and when he woke up in the jungle naked. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really his whole life flashing before him, but I think that's just kind of a, kind of a writing thing. Well, and they can't show his whole life because they'd have to go film stuff we haven't seen before. And, right, and nobody and, would yeah. want, nobody would care to yeah. see his childhood, really. I think it's, it's, I think it's supposed to be his life in general, you know. I mean, it's a significant moment in his life. It's like a, a significant period in his life. Yeah. Um, um, obviously, seen in a modified way. Yeah. So let's yeah let's go ahead and talk about this. You know, um, he's getting ready. You know, he's so he, his, he wakes up covered in the the red paint because he's painting paint, his, which is great. Room. I think that's a really great scene. Yeah, it was okay. Oh whatever. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, he goes, so then the next scene is, you know, he's getting ready for the job interview with Mr. Woodmore, uh, Penny's father, you know, and then there's a couple things in this, in this scene that are reminiscent of his time on the island. She says, you know. Oh, you skipped the, the digital clock. 
He looks at the, the digital clock and it says 108. And he's like, 108? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget about that. There's that and the microwave. And then and the, the microwave. Scene makes me ready. Well, then she says, you know, the and first thing is she says it's not the end of the world. Right. You know, which sort of right. triggers something. And then the microwave beats and the, microwave the same off, as, the, yeah. as the hatch. Um, and that's pretty much, you know, the only thing in that scene. Uh, you know, the next scene he arrives at the office and the, the guy has a parcel for 815 and he, that resonates with him. And then the next scene we get is the actual interview mm -hmm. with Widmore. You and know, the painting, the painting, I love the painting. Yeah. He looks over and sees the painting in the office. The Namaste polar bear painting. I love it. I, I really, I don't know. I eat this shit up, I guess, cause I'm not, I guess I'm kind of their, their target kind of TV watcher for this kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know. I just love these little things. I I, I eat the shit. You're out. their target TV watcher. I don't know with, with things like that. Like they're kind of gimmicky, but I kind of love them because yeah. I'm just that kind of. Well, I guess we should point out for people who don't know, in the office there is a uh, a painting uh, in in Woodmore's office that has a polar bear and like some guy like hanging upside down, and then it has Namaste written backwards at the top. Um, it's this really sort of abstract type of art. You know, not unlike what's in the hatch. Mm -hmm. um, I hope we can say. Indeed, um, I have to agree. So, uh, but it's more—it's more mixed media than uh, yeah than the other, because the other one was just pretty much regular paint, oil, or whatever type of paint it was. Um, yeah, the Namaste thing reminded me the way it was just sort of written on there. Like that reminded me of like the numbers that were written on the on the hatch mural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's uh, it's uh, an interesting little thing. So I mean, then, I like that stuff. Like when she said it's not the end of the world, and then the microwave started beeping. I thought, oh no, it's all like everything's like. I thought he was gonna turn around and like see the hatch or something. Like I, I thought it was. I don't know. I thought something really crazy was gonna happen. But I really did like the microwave. Of the things that he sees in this thing, the microwave is probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. It's definitely the scariest. <clears throat> It was crazy. Yeah. It was really because it's creepy, creepy to have a microwave make that sound. And I, it's I like ready. the I like the fact that the microwave was sort of older, so you would think that it it actually might make that sound because that's not a sound any new microwave would ever make. <laughs> no, but it was like an older microwave, so you're like, eh, I guess it can make that sound. You know, it wasn't like very that. insistent. It was. It was. It, it's not like a it's ready sound. It yeah, just kept beeping. It's, it's like it's know. like hey, if you want the food, it's here. If not, no biggie. Yeah. Well, yeah. well maybe well maybe it makes that beeping sound for. Like three minutes, and then it starts making like. Arr, 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 arr. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, and then <laughs> like, and then if you don't get your stuff out of there in time, it explodes. It implodes. Yeah, the yeah. It's the hieroglyphs come up on the readout, and then like yeah, and then the another yeah. great Winmore product. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I I wanted to say about that sound. Uh, uh, I feel like at least I've been like conditioned by hearing that sound so much um from from season two that like when i hear it it immediately triggers this response like i responded like sort of like desmond did to hearing it like you know it's it's such a i don't know it became such a familiar background sound mm -hmm. that i just I don't yeah know. something tells me that he's a little more conditioned after spending three years pressing the button yeah well, okay. but uh <laughs> as much as i can be watching it you know from the sidelines Right. Um, okay, so in this scene with the interview, we learn a, a couple things about Desmond's background. He did set design for the Royal Shakespeare Company, which is sort of interesting. 
Which explains why he's unemployed. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's Sing. a good one. Um, <laughs> Just, you know, one artist to another. Yeah. So that's I why mean, he doesn't have a job. And then, uh, you know, he, he enlists no military experience, but uh, if I remember correctly, he does eventually join the military, right? Yes. Eventually, but it ha- it sort of has to be after this well it has to be literally oh yeah it's after this so well there's the creepy old woman in the store the the timeline is kind of odd um well it must be that right after this i mean they show him later seeing the the sign for the royal scott navy or whatever yeah Yeah. Uh, which is weird that they have a recruitment poster for the scottish navy in a place in london yeah well you know i guess i guess london I, i guess england owns all that shit yeah um it's uh he has to join and then disobey orders and then go to prison for like two years. No, and then for like get out for before. like one year. He's because the the old woman says in in a, doesn't she say in two or three years? It, she either says in two or three years, like she he's gonna break uh, Penny's heart, which leads him in three years to do the solo race around the world. I just I thought they said thinks. in the season two finale that he was in. That he was in jail for two years. Well, then he wasn't in the military for very long before he got put into jail. I guess so. I uh, guess which so. is which is my just, point. My he point was that it seems like he has a lot to do in a short amount of time, but uh, but whatever. He just uh, he's just not in the military for very long. Yeah, he basically says uh, breaking her a heart is, of course, what drives you in a few short years from now a to few, entering okay, that jail. Okay, a few short years. Okay. Um, so, so it doesn't say how many. There. Yeah. So it's probably you know at the at the least two, at the most four, maybe. Yeah. Any okay. more than that, it's not a few really. Um. So we learn that okay, and then you know uh, the father mentions the solar rays, which sparks flashes, you know, in his memory about that. Um, I and I, I'm still confused on this solar race idea because. You know, it wasn't a solar-powered boat. Um, no, Solo. Solo. Oh. Oh, I always thought he was saying solar. No, no, no. It's just because of the British accent. I think that happened yeah. before. Yeah. I think there was some other episode where you thought they said solar and they said solo. Yeah, no, I thought that before where, yeah, when, when we saw Desmond's boat, I'm like, I thought it was like a solar boat. Well, allow me, Claude, to suggest that an armada of Q-tips be dispatched to your ears forthwith. <laughs> an armada? That's a lot of Q-tips. Are you, I, hope, I hope you're paying for those, because I'm not. Um, Mr. Q-tips. Show? Mr. Show, anybody? I think you can buy a box of, like, 1500 for, like, $3. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, I, I can't know. afford it. enough for an armada? Can't afford it. How big is an armada? Another great question. Um, so, the uh, interview. Yes, the interview. Um, I love how, you know, he goes, he, he, Woodmore goes over his resume and he goes, well, I can find you a place in, you know, administration. And, and Desmond goes, well, I'm not here to interview for a job. And I'm like, but you brought your resume and you let him go over it. <laughs> like, what are you, what are you doing? If you're, re- if you're here to ask for a penny, why did you waste the man's time talking about job stuff, dude? Well, maybe his cover letter um, explained the position that he was applying for was, you know, was son-in-law. son-in-law. Nice. Ooh. And well, um, that means he didn't read it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, well, I think he just wanted to impress him or something. About the solo. Impress him with thing. his nothing resume. 
His resume well, didn't yeah, have anything if he impressive on it. He could have considered lying on his resume. Yeah. But um, oh well. I just it was just weird. It's like, is he just saying that like he didn't want a job, or 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 did he really not want a job? I mean, he got dressed and seemed like he was going there to hopefully get a job, but then it's like, no, I don't want a job. I just want your daughter's hand in marriage. I think he just thought that going in for a job interview would set up an opportunity for him to try to impress the father and to even get an appointment with the father. Just to get an appointment. I'll buy that, to get an appointment with him. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's the impression I got. Um, but I wanted to say uh, something about the solo race thing. Um, do they have one, like, every year? Is that what we're supposed to think? Or is he actually talking about the solo race that's going to happen in, like, three or four years? I sort of thought that 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 they were gearing up for it, and it just took them a while to do it. But I, I guess they could do it every year. It seems like an ambitious project that would take a lot of planning. Uh, I could see it either way. I just, I was surprised he sort of knew about it. If if he's referring to the same race like that that far back, yeah, and that and that uh, you know when we first hear Desmond about entering, telling him about entering the race, it seems like I don't know, it seems like it was the first one, you know, like in that because it seems like if you win one of the races, like who cares? But if you win the first one, then then that would could earn respect. Who but cares? if you're, you know, but it's... if like you win, you know, the fourth year that they have it, you win. Oh great, whatever. Three other people have already won, know. Desmond. It seems like, like a really that... big deal to me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not anything I would ever do, but um, obviously uh, it's fictional. But it, I don't know. It's kind of like climbing Everest. Even if you aren't the first person, like the first person obviously gets more glory, but yeah. well, you know, but climbing I think Everest still gives you if, a certain amount of bragging rights. But I think so it's more important. I think it's more important if, you know, if Widmore sponsored a climbing Everest race and, and he won the first, first one, yeah. you know. Then, then yeah, I sponsor this race, and and oh, I won one of the. the I don't prize know. This is my daughter's hand in marriage. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. So, Penny, Penny's already been married and divorced three times. Four times, yeah. <laughs> wow, he's just it's like a rental. Yeah. My daughter's hand in marriage for one year. <laughs> Um, see how no, long I you mean, can. I think it could go either way. See how long you can stand being married to Penny. I dare you to stay married for a year. <laughs> no one She'll can do it. She'll make you paint your apartment colors you don't even like. She will move in with you, and she and will bring be... her scary fucking microwave. <laughs> And then she'll pay for everything, and then she'll be really nice to you, and she'll even tie your tie. No one oh, wants that. Stop it! I know, right? You're... How can anyone ever live up to I that? I can't listen to this. I know it's horrible. Um, so Widmore says, you know, you know what, Hume, you'll never be a great man. That's why you can't drink my whiskey because mm-hmm. this is great whiskey. You're a man who's not even worthy to share my whiskey. Why would I give you my daughter, which is worth one more dollar than this whiskey? <laughs> For one year. <laughs> oh. Because that yeah. that whiskey had to be at least what, like, eighty, a hundred thousand dollars or something. Uh, maybe he doesn't really think that Tesman would ever make very much money. Because yeah, he's an artist. Maybe that's maybe that was the point. I don't know. I figure if Desmond made like you know, okay, whatever. We won't get into my math. I don't know. Like, how expensive is a really expensive whiskey? I mean, if it's yeah, sixty years, the thing is, how much do you think Desmond old. would make in a month? How much is like like Johnny Walker Black or whatever the really well, expensive? But but the thing is, it's aged sixty years, so that makes it even. 
you know, crazier. I mean, I, yeah. could, I could see it being $50,000. You're, you've got to be shitting me. No. Who would oh drink a $50,000 Uh, Widmore? Widmore, yeah, 12 Widmore, I guess. I, I just, I, I can't even imagine. Can't you, uh, though? Anyway. What? Can't you? Can't I? Yeah. No, I can't. I can't Can you imagine. not imagine that whiskey would cost that much? Yes, can't... That, I can't imagine okay. that anything could possibly, you know, short of a really cheap house or a really nice car. Like, I can't imagine that anything you would consume would cost that much money. I mean, whatever. It I, is I age guess... 60 years, you know. That is a lot. I, I, would, I would guess more like 10,000. God, my here's God. okay. Here's um. I, I just did a little. I did a little research. Um, the most expensive bottle of whiskey, according to this, which was in 2005, um, it says it's a 19th century bottle of Irish whiskey for a hundred thousand pounds. So Whoa. I can see a 60 year old bottle going for fifty thousand. Yeah. If it's really, really good. Pounds. Pounds. Yeah, pounds, please. <laughs> Or quid. Quid, if you will. I will. <sighs> of course you will. Okay, okay, so, fine. I have a question for you. Yes. Um, do you think Widmore knew Desmond before he came in to any extent? Uh, like, yes. Okay, like I've, how much? I feel like he would have met him before. I mean, he's been dating Penny for two years. I feel like yeah. he he would have he at least knows of him if he, if they haven't met before it seemed like they had met before I mean it didn't seem like they were strangers, um, so I what to what extent I don't know, I mean I feel like he's been over there for Christmases and and oh, you know I seriously doubt that. and and Saints Day he's, or whatever he's a man who's not even worthy to share a whiskey much less a Christmas dinner no 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 I'm sure if Penny's gonna come over for Christmas or Thanksgiving or they don't have Thanksgiving sorry. <laughs> oh. oh uh you know Ooh, maybe we should explain to uh luber is that his name what thanksgiving is i think i think he i think they all know i think they've heard of it everyone everyone laughs at us americans for our silly holidays really because i don't i don't actually think i know what best deal day is no that's i i know what best deal day is okay uh so i i just think if i think if penny goes home for for holiday um <laughs> then um <laughs> Then uh, she would want to bring Desmond one of those times. So yeah. he wouldn't. I don't think he would object. He'd be like, whatever, you know. He would just want to impress him with his nice mansion or whatever. Oh, I don't think he cares about impressing Desmond. But I think he's he. Uh, well, I mean, I, I mean, in terms of rubbing his face in his wealth, that's what I mean. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not because like he holds his opinion in high esteem. No, no, no. But just because he enjoys making him, you know, feel yeah. like miserable and jealous and like whatever. those. Like the dirty Scott he is. The dirty Scott he is. Indeed. He's a dirty Scott. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so anyway. Uh, what? Uh, what about that scene? Okay, so uh, we're done with the scene. And go to the next scene. Okay. Which uh, has... The tie-throwing scene. Man, when I'm mad, I like to throw ties. That's all I got to say. When I'm really pissed <laughs> off, I take a tie out of my closet and I throw it to the ground. Ooh, like tie. Ooh, I'm going to take everything out on you because it's all your fault. And the tie's like, I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> I'm just a tie. 
And he, he just, he had to get his shirt nice and open for that, that Desmond look that yeah. we all wish we could have. You know, it's the windswept hair and the open shirt, dude. That, that's, <laughs> that's what it takes. It does. It does. If no you, less. If you don't have thick eyebrows, you got to have your shirt open. <laughs> Maybe both. Maybe both, but at the very least one or the other. I don't know if the censors would, would let, would, would get that on the air though. An open shirt and big eyebrows? Oh know. dear. I don't know. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, they they did move to 10 p.m. So. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Different hour. The kids maybe wild. they can get away with that. the kitties are asleep now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I thought it was interesting that you know there's this little small focus on the tie, and I thought it was very reminiscent of Jin and his whole tie fiasco. You oh, know, yeah. when he went to go talk to uh, Son's father, it was a big deal about the tie and. And that sort of, you know, being a symbol. The of... guy ripping the tag off. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, man. God. Oh, that's right. He didn't talk to Son's father, but he was interviewing it. Some other yeah, job. that was just, uh, yeah, that was just some other guy. Um, but he did have a scene like this. right? Yeah, before. exactly. It's just that he, you know, he agreed to work with, you know, the father so he could marry the daughter. Desmond said, I don't want a job. I want to marry her. And he says, no. No, I will give you the job, and I will let you continue to date Penny. How about that? How about that? It's like a bargain. <laughs> it it would be funny if after that whole scene with the whiskey, he was like, well, can I still have the job? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how do we end on the job? So topic? you're still going to call human resources. Resources. <laughs> human resources, please. I thought it was interesting. This the 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 guy who plays Widmore is named Alan Dale. He he's actually from New Zealand, um, oh, but he's playing English. Mm-hmm. Not a big stretch, I guess. No, <laughs> just a slight oh, change. We're we're pissing off everyone. We are. We're one continent at a time. <laughs> um, <laughs> Asia, hmm. you're next. It's <laughs> a big one. Um, that's um that's interesting. He reminds me of the guy from A Clockwork Orange. Malcolm McDowell? Yes. Oh, I can see that. Anyway. Yeah, I can sort of see that. Um, so... So, Desmond throws his tie down, he's all pissed, and then he sees Charlie, and he, he starts to remember what's going on, and it's sort of, you know, things are things are culminating, and he, he, he's, he sort of realizes what's going on, and of course Charlie has no idea what's going on, because, you know, Charlie hasn't been on the island yet. Um, but I love Charlie, you know, he's, I, this, the, we, we know from this scene that Charlie's always been an ass because he was, he was saying, oh, I don't know if I know you, but if you, uh, put some money in my bucket, maybe I could remember, <laughs> maybe help me um, remember, buddy. It's like, you such an ass. We, we also learned that his middle name is Hieronymus. Yeah. Was that what that was? Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yikes. What a name. Mm. It is a weird name. A, Hieronymus. Yeah. Netherlandish name. What does that mean? Did anybody look that up? Well, I don't. I don't think it means anything, but it's it's the name of Hieronymus Bosch, which is. It doesn't mean anything. I I, I don't think it means anything. Don't all names have a meaning? Well, I mean, it, I'm America. sure in the strictest sense, um, it means something, but um. I, I doubt what it means is significant. Oh well, I mean, if you listen to our last podcast, you know we we, we you know yeah, Alex I, means I something very significant, you know, and and to a certain degree, uh, Edmund too. But 
Anyway, right. um, but yeah, it doesn't have to mean anything. Uh, so it starts raining. You know, he sort of calls it, calls it. It's gonna rain, much like pulls Locke a lock, did. I might say. Yeah, he pulled mm. a lock. Um, one of the things I want at this point, what I realized was, you know, and I don't know if you guys want to talk about this at the end or right now or what, but I wanna, I wanna get your explicit take on what's going on here, um, because at this point I start to think that you know if. if <laughs> Some explanations for time travel involve multiple universes, you know, and this is the idea that he has his memory from his past, but then when he goes back in time, he really goes to an alternate universe, blah, 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 because it just, that's, that's really the only explanation of how he can know these things and, and try to change things without having, you know, to change the, the past. Well, I should mention that I don't think he went back in time. Yeah. Okay. Well, is that what your, your theory is? <laughs> My yeah, my theory would be that what's going on here is something along the lines of um, a little bit of uh, maybe Mulholland Drive. Like basically, he's he's having this. This I feel like this is going on in his mind, and it's sort of a combination of memories and like you know the fact that he's the fact that he's sort of imagining this. You know, after all that stuff happens. You know, um, and I also noted that he didn't specifically reference anything that occurred after, you know, uh, he, the the failsafe key and all that. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, I feel like I feel like this is this is basically a a sort of um, a fantasy type thing mm -hmm. um, with with uh, you know where yeah anyway that's that that's how I interpret it. Like I don't feel like he he literally went back in time uh and actually lived those things like okay. i think i think this is this is going on in his head okay yeah. so that's how i would get around any time travel issues that you might have is just by saying i don't think this is time travel i i i tend to agree i think it is mostly in his head um but i do want to point out the, how do you and no i guess let's save this for later cuz it's a it's ripe for discussion but um, yeah, we'll we'll save we'll we'll finish that later. Uh, what, what's okay, really will you remember? Um, yeah, yeah, I'll remember. I remember. Okay, baby. Um, the next scene we have Desmond talking to Donovan, who's <laughs> this guy who just came out of the blue. Um, mm -hmm. and uh, he's a res the resident expert out of the blue, made to order. Right. Um, and you know Don he tells Donovan what's going on. Does Donovan doesn't believe him. <laughs> you know. I'd like to just say, every time this happens and they consult the expert, they're never helpful. No. <laughs> they, you know, in real life, these people know things. They really do. But yeah, in, but about in movies, things they're like always, this. like, horrifically unhelpful. Yeah. They just show up to, like, say, oh, silly, it's nothing. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I just think that that has to do with the fact that um, usually the experts, they consult while they may be experts on something, are not really experts on... You know, just because you're a physicist doesn't mean that you're equipped to analyze someone thinking that they can see the future. You know? I, I mean... I mean, you, you're a, you're a mathematician, uh, hypothetically speaking. I walk up to you and, and say, like, you know, I, I think I'm living the same day over and over again. Like, what do you think? You know, just I, Any... I mean, I just think that I think that physicists aren't necessarily qualified to comment on whether or not it's possible that you're seeing the future. I think if anybody, they are. 
I mean, yeah, who but I don't else? think anybody is. <laughs> well, I think there's, I think there's certain aspects of physics that can say certain things are possible to happen and certain things aren't. I mean, they have, you know, yeah, physicists maybe. have been able to prove that you can, you can sort of, you know, teleport things. They've, they've been able to teleport. What? Yeah, they've been able to teleport um, uh, particles from one area to another. You know, which is you know really high level physics, but they've been able to do it. So if someone is like, "Hey, I can teleport," and he comes to a physics physicist, he can say, "Well, you know, they do research and they've they've shown that this is is possible on a very small scale." So are you seriously telling me that teleportation exists? I'm seriously telling true? you that I, I read an, a, a scientific article that said these. And this was a couple of years ago that these scientists. It had something to do with uh, this. They they basically had like these particles in this like enclosure, and then there, there's some sort of gas or something in there. And what what happened? This is a tangent. What happened was the the particle, you know, particle A. It's it's sort of like its information and its properties would be, you know, transferred and represented in a different place mm-hmm. somehow to do with this gas. So it, well, it it wasn't like the thing just teleported specifically, but it mm-hmm. was like effectively teleported. Well, I have to say, as someone who grew up on the next generation, I'm fascinated by this, and I, mm-hmm. I need to uh, to look into this more. But the point I'm trying to make is that uh, I think the reason why often in movies and television the so-called experts aren't very helpful on certain issues, A, is just as a plot device, and B, because I think that they're often not really qualified to comment on what is actually going on because it's a little too supernatural. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll definitely buy that. So, anyway. <clears throat> so Desmond, really Desmond hears the song, you know, the make your own kind of music song, and uh, which you know he played in the hatch all the time. Yeah, and, and, and what I think is funny is that for, for for the viewer, that song triggers this memory of the season two uh, premiere. Mm-hmm. But for him, it triggers a memory of having been in that pub before, and there's like a soccer game on. Somebody, you know, the team wins and comes back from behind, and then some guy comes in and hits the bartender in the head with a mallet. Mm-hmm. So I just think that's funny because for him, um, I don't know. It's, well, it's I, the memory that it that it triggers seems funny to me. It made me think that the reason he he sort of you know played the song and he hatched the first place was because he heard it several times in the pub. You know, maybe he and, just likes the song. And um, yeah, like like but, maybe he went to that pub often and heard that song enough. So when he actually got in the hat into the hatch, he was sort of comforted the, the fact that he had the song to play that he liked. Yeah, but let me let me present this suggestion Uh-oh. that even if you listen to the song every day for three years, if one day you were listening to it and someone um, blew up the uh the door to this place where you were living by yourself mm-hmm. and broke in and subsequently um you know what ensued was that this computer was broken and then you ran off thinking that the world was going to end like don't i i Is think this a hypothetical? Me, that's <laughs> i think for me that's more significant than some team coming from behind and winning a game and then someone well, coming in and hitting the you have to look at it from the from the aspect of deja vu and the fact that he's he's feel like he's living these things uh he's living the, this event again you know i i agree like in general it should trigger you know the most experience he's had with that song which is being in the hatch but what it triggers is a series of actions you know, which is what sort of deja vu is. You, you know, one thing happens and you sort of have this sense what the next thing is going to be. So it, to me, it makes sense the way it happened because he's, you know, he, he gets this deja vu of being in the pub and the song plays 
and the yeah. team wins, and the, the guy yeah, comes in. This is the aspect of the setting as well. As yeah, exactly. It's I not... want to throw out, um, based on my interpretation, that I think that song plays because it's in his mind, and that song is in his mind from all the times he listened to it. I think there's a very good chance that 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 you know the that he didn't necessarily hear that song at the pub in real life. So you think the I events think that he relives, you think the events that he relives never actually happened? Some of them. I definitely think some of them never happened. Well, yeah, some of them probably. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, I think that they just didn't happen the way that they happened. Um, so, some of them just didn't happen the way they happened. Like the, the interchange with Charlie, uh, the interchange obviously in the ring shop and, and. Yeah, they definitely didn't happen the, the way. The ring shop couldn't have happened. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the, the going to get the chestnuts and let's talk and whatnot. Yeah, which but, um, we're going to soon, right now, actually. Um, I can I could believe that when he hears it the first time in the pub, it's because of the hatch, like it's in his head because he he listened to it in the hatch. But he seems to have a clear recollection of this song being played in the pub, followed by an event that actually does happen. Like mm-hmm. I I believe that 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 could have happened. I mean, otherwise, yeah. any of the pub, the pub stuff is just you know, so just sort of made up, right? You know, like I think the pub scene with the physicist didn't happen because I think the first time he lived it, he didn't have a reason. Right, to right. Track he it wouldn't. Down. Yeah, exactly. He wouldn't have had a reason to go to the pub, and although maybe he, because they were best friends, he went to the pub because it seems like you know you don't see the the conversation, uh, the part of the conversation that precedes the physicist uh, telling him that he's crazy to think this thing about the island, but he does make reference to the fact that um, the Desmond has told him about this meeting with Widmore. Uh, so maybe they went to the pub and talked about, I mean, if I went to ask for, you know, my, my girlfriend's hand in marriage from her father and her father just like totally insulted me. I might want to talk to my best friend about it. You might want to consult a physicist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, but but he says, you know, I'm not asking you as my best mate, but as a physicist. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think it could have been, you know, after the after Woodmore turns him down, he goes to, you know, he goes to to uh, yeah, he goes uh, to meet his friend, and they go and they talk about the penny thing. But now that he remembers this, you know, has these this event going on, instead of just talking about the penny thing, he talks about the other thing too. So I could, I could see that. arguably more significant. Yeah. So what else is significant is the next scene. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Desmond uh, comes home and he's talking to Penny and it's all very lovey-dovey. And uh, why do you love me? Because you're a good man. Oh, God. And um, <laughs> so we get another another of this good, this good guy stuff uh, that, that is very prevalent throughout this series. Mm-hmm. So the next scene, he goes to buy a ring from the one Miss Hawking, uh, who always scares me anyway because she was in the others and she's just a scary lady anyway. Oh, she was in the others. Yeah, she was like the main scary lady in the okay. others. I saw I saw that on her IMDb thing, but what is the other? Is that a TV show? No, that's the Nicole Kidman Nicole Kidman movie. Yeah, came out a few years ago. I saw it. Yeah, she. Um... I guess I won't give away the plot. Yeah, don't give away the plot. It has a surprise ending. Yeah. Um, I'll just put it that way. Was she really dead all along? Oh, God. 
So the next, so uh, you know, this is this is probably the the second most interesting thing in the whole episode when you know he's trying to buy the ring and and she's you know telling him about the ring and then he goes, okay, I'll take it. And she's like, no, you won't. And he's oh, like, yeah. wait, what's going How on? Is it that she suddenly turns from this kind of nice, sweet old woman mm-hmm. into like the scariest person I've ever seen. It's because you know why it's even scarier is because you realize that that whole you know. The, her first part of that scene, she's just pretending. She knows what's going on. She's yeah. pl- she's playing a role. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. She 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 knows Desmond was going to come in. She knows we're going to talk about the ring, and she's just she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. And that's why it's scary because she has this like outside knowledge. It makes it even well, worse. Also, her eyes are really scary. And also her face. Yeah. And also everything she does. <laughs> and her voice and just the way she speaks. Yeah. I'm, and the chestnuts were scary. <laughs> is there anything scarier than a chestnut? No. Besides Miss Hawking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I guess the question that we should talk about is who is she and uh, and why does she know what's going on? Well, I'll give my stock answer again. I know what Justin's going to say. I think this is in his mind, and yeah. so she knows because he knows. Okay. Now, yeah. is, is, is she, you know, later in the next scene, he says, you're just my conscience, you know, my subconscious, uh, and, and, and you're whatever you're trying, yeah. you know, and this is when Desmond's theories don't pan out for me, but, but yeah, I, I agree. But, but his attributions aren't totally correct. Cause he says, you're just my subconscious trying to convince me not to marry Penny. Yeah. And, and like, he thinks that he, he has a concussion from, from falling off the ladder Yeah, and that that this woman is just like this part of his head that's giving him second thoughts about about proposing. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't I don't think that's what it is at all. I think that it's I think it is a figment of his imagination. But that um, that she's she's not she's not there the first time he lived it. She she's only there when he's reliving it as he's kind of passed yeah. out after the explosion in the hatch, and that. I don't know if there's some island influence or if it's just all in his head, but this woman is, you know, is revealing to him something about the nature of fate. You know, that's an interesting point that I never actually thought of, that this whole thing could be induced by the island. This could have just been one big dream induced by the island. Yeah. I mean, I think um, it's definitely possible given the sorts of visions that the island... That one is communicated in, in, through dreams before. Yeah, yeah. definitely. definitely. Uh, and, and it seems like when it does, it, it usually does so in a significant way. Like, and it, it usually something significant. And it usually has a message about something, so... Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, very I, preachy. I, the island's very, very preachy. I think, yeah, the island's always got an agenda. Um... <laughs> I think uh, I do think that she is just part of his uh, part of his psyche and uh, that she's trying to get him. Basically, what I think is going on, you know, what, what's weird about this whole thing is that it's not just cut and dry. Oh, he's he he's imagining that he's reliving these things and he's imagining he can see the future. But really, you know, he's just he's he's lived that before and he's just like making this up. But to me, the point is that uh, a he can see the future and B he can't change it. And that seems to be the point that she drives home is that, you know, yeah, you, you know, you can, you can see the future, you know, but you won't be able to change it. Yeah. You know, forever at least. And uh, that seems to be the important part. 
Yes. You, you know what I really hope? I hope that we see her again on the island. That'd be weird. Um, in, I, I mean, I suppose in vision form, but I really, I really hope we see her again. She's I like, would like to see her again. She's a great actress. Um, I, I sort of assume that she, you know, that lady was specifically sort of yeah. the one who sold him the ring. Yeah, me too. Um, but or, you know, or he, or he had second thoughts or whatever and left. And... Yeah, exactly. She was the one yeah, at the that's... store, but he didn't actually buy yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I would like to see her again. It would be interesting if, if she was on the island in a real, in real form, you know, and. She's the island. Yes. <laughs> well, Justin, her name is Miss that? Island. Yeah, you know, I think like some of the things she was saying, like about you know we're all gonna die and pushing the button was the only great thing you'll ever do, and <laughs> like it just the tone of it really struck me in a similar way to like Yumi talking to Echo and Question Mark when he says, you know, the work being done here is very important, and you have to help John, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, and, you know, just, like, the, the tone of, like, this is really important, and this yeah. is a great thing, and, like, you have to go do this, and I don't know, that, it reminded me of that, sort of, so I could see, I actually, I actually, when I was thinking earlier, I was thinking it was Desmond's vision alone, but I think the idea that the island is, is a part of this, um, is, is pretty viable. Thank you. I, I I definitely like I I'm pretty set on him not time traveling, but I but I could definitely be swayed to think the island is is helping out or sending its little what it wants to tell Desmond through this, which might be this thing about seeing the future and not being able to change it. So. Mm-hmm. But I definitely want to talk about that. I think um, we're almost done. We got a couple I, more scenes, and we can talk about the whole okay. the thing in general. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, I love, I love, he goes, who are you? And she's like, do you like chestnuts? <laughs> which is, what? which, you know, is, is, that should be the line everybody uses forever. Like at a, at a pivotal point in a movie or, or something. And who are you? What's going on here? Do you like chestnuts? It's just, it's totally disarming. It's like, well, yes, I do like chestnuts. <laughs> He's like, er? Like, what? Hmm. You know that that's another thing that happens a lot. Someone asks some really pertinent question that yeah. you like to hear an answer mm-hmm. to, and then they just sort of dodge the issue. Somehow. It's lin- it's it's very Lynchian, and and what's yeah. what's even crazier is that you know Desmond never asks her again. You yeah. know, it's like, okay, now now that we now that you got your chestnuts, tell me who you are. You well, know, he just sort of like... decides that he thinks that she's his yeah. Subconscious. I guess he thinks yeah he knows. yeah. So... Which I think he's right, by the way, pretty much. But uh, or maybe it's the island. Anyway, never mind. Um well what's what's weird is that he goes let me let me find the, the spot so I don't misquote him is the transcript up yeah he goes um I've had a concussion you're my subconscious uh am I she says <laughs> I love that <laughs> and then he goes you're here to talk me out of marrying penny well it won't bloody work and she goes oh yes it will <laughs> which is a weird thing to say and then he goes, no, there is no island, there is no button, it's madness, I love her, she loves me, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with her. And he, she's like, no, you won't. Now, it's weird that he says there is no island when he when he was convinced a short while ago that there was an island, that Charlie was on there, that he was pressing a button, and that all this stuff. And so this is the yeah, first part I where I got that... confused on what he's, what, he's really, what he's really going at here, that you know he was really convinced that there was an island, and now he's like, okay, there's not an island. Yeah, I think it's the the bar, th- the pub thing. Yeah, 
Like that, that, was a that makes point. him like, he's so sure of what's gonna happen, and then it doesn't happen, and he's like, well, maybe you know, maybe I am just crazy. Uh, maybe maybe this is just some weird thing. Um, what I think is really weird that that's related to that is that later when he's in the pub and what he thought would happen earlier in the pub happens mm-hmm. where they, you know, they win the soccer game and then the guy hits, you know, uh, goes to hit the, the guy. He's like, I, I was right. I just had the wrong night. There's a chance. There's a chance. Yeah. But what that actually means for him is that there's not a chance that his life is what he thinks, that he is going to end up on the island, that he's not going to marry Penny, that, that his life yeah. is going to follow this course that he's Now that I think about it, that's really weird. Because the thing that causes him, like, he, he goes to the pub and he, he's wrong about the future. And that is sort of, I think that's what motivates him to say, okay, maybe I'm just crazy. He goes to buy the ring and he's going to actually buy the ring, which he probably didn't do originally mm-hmm. and then the woman's like no you can't you know but at this point he's he's like you know i don't know he's he's thinking he's thinking um uh you know you know i can this is my subconscious trying to like stop me or whatever but it's not real you know i think i think he's like he's in his doubt stage at this point yeah, but it doesn't make sense when this is what I was talking about earlier. When his conclusions don't really make any sense, because because when he when he when he you know successfully predicts the future and and it works that night when he has the right night, he goes, "I'm not crazy. I can still change things. I can still change it." Now, what is he talking about? He can still like marry Penny and and not get stuck on the island. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, that well, that's what doesn't make any sense. Yeah, why why does realizing that you were right that you're reliving your past and that you're going to end up trapped on an island for three years pressing a button? Why does that make you think that you can change your future? And, unless he's thinking, why is that optimistic? Like for me, if I see that I was right about this, this is like a, a sock in the gut, and I'm like, oh my yeah. god, that's what I was my saying. Life is his, gonna be his, his his conclusions don't make any sense, and it I seems was, sort yeah. of predetermined. And you know what else is really weird about that? The fact that that's the last scene before he wakes up in the jungle, mm-hmm. and like it's you know. It's only shortly, you know, a couple days after that, that he's telling Charlie, you can't change it. Like, he, exactly. he thought, I can change it, I can change it. And then he wakes up, oh, I can't. I guess maybe it's because he wakes up in the island that he says, I can't change it. Well, so and like, she he, told him, too, that you can't change things. You know, that was the whole point when when, when the guy with the red shoes died. Right. Which, yeah, which well, what I wanted to mention was very Wizard of Oz-like. Uh, with the someone being under a pile oh, of rubble funny. with red the shoes, red, the red, the and red and the whole thing about Wizard of Oz being a dream too, I think is significant in terms of Desmond dreaming this or whatever sort of hallucination. Oh, I didn't is. even catch that. I don't even remember that. That's very that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, well, that's what I do. I, I bring up some interesting things. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's really confusing. Unless he's, unless when he says I can still change things, he's talking about something else. Uh, that you know, yeah, I don't know. I think that line just doesn't make sense. It's it just doesn't. That line just doesn't work. He's been, I'm not. Let's see. I'm not crazy. I can really see the future. And then he then he goes. I can I can change things. And unless he means he can, I, it seems like he means he can go marry Penny. But but he's but I get, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess I he's guess, saying he can I, change things, but it won't be changed forever, right? I mean, well, if I you. Think- Sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I just what I think is weird is that he he coming to the realization that he can see the future should not also 
give him the idea that he can change the future because mm-hmm. in actuality it seems like the way that that ought to play is that he he says i'm not crazy i can see the future ms hawkins was right i can see the future but i can't change it yeah he didn't it seems like he thinks since he can see that see what's going to happen that he can actually do something about it but he seems to be forgetting the, her point in that right. you can only change it for so long before, you know, the universe course corrects itself and I does guess whatever so. it maybe, to do. And maybe the only reason that he believes that by the time we get back to that current moment on the island when he's drunk is that he's seen what happened after he saved Charlie from the lightning. Then there was the drowning. You know, maybe maybe that's when. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think so. That summer. that you can't actually change it. Right. Well, the whole thing is weird. The whole dream thing is weird because if it is just a dream, then he doesn't have any actual ability to change anything because this is sort of taking place within a split second before he's knocked unconscious and wakes up. So this idea that he can change anything, you know, doesn't really affect the real world at all because this isn't really happening and it never really did happen, you know. So it's it's just a weird thing anyway because... It doesn't really mean anything. Well, the only thing that it changes is how he's going to live his life on the island now that he can see the future, mm-hmm. which I think is even more support for the fact that, or for the possibility that this might be an island-induced vision. True, but it's like, if you can't change it, then what's the point of seeing the future if you can't change it? Well, I think that's one of the big dilemmas about the idea of seeing the future, uh, is that if you can really see the future then can you change it? I, and and what, what this this is going with the idea that you can't change the future. And so I think that's... Well, it's... The, I know, it, this it, is what I was saying, like, three hours ago when we started this, was that, you know, this idea that dealing with things like seeing the future uh, has been difficult for, for writers and, and whatnot, because you have to either go in the camp that everything you do when you know the future changes the future... And that the future is something that's constantly in flux based on the things that you do, or that the future is fixed, and that all you can do is predict it, but you can't actually have any influence on it. Yeah, and it got me thinking, you know, when, when she says, when he's like, why didn't you save the guy, you know, the guy with the red shoes, and she says, well, if I if I saved him today, mm-hmm. tomorrow he would have got hit by a taxi, and if I saved him from that, he would have whatever. And I think, I think, you know, I view this whole thing as uh, sort of, and, and, a, and a, you know, take a step back and look at look at time. And and if it was the guy's, it's, it was weird because she said, you know, the idea that it was his his time to die, his fate to die. But it wasn't specifically his fate to die by the you know right. by the by the uh, the, 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 the rocks and the yeah the the building that it was just sort of generally his fate to die in a general time frame. And that you know because you can't call it fate, right? I mean, because if she could have changed it, then it wasn't fate. It, then you then you can only say it was fate for her to change it, you know, if you're going from that perspective, you know. Yeah. So it, it's basically like, to me, I think of it as, you know, if the guy was going to die from the building crashing, right, but then you go save him, that was that was still part of it, you know. It doesn't change the future. That was what was supposed to happen. Even though yeah, you, you sort of had be, the option, that was still what was supposed to happen. They seem to be trying to have it both ways. Yeah. It's tricky. Like, I really want to talk about this whole flexible fate idea because I, you know, it, it's hard for me to even make sense of it. Like, is it, is it just, is, is, is fate just about people dying or like what, 
you know, what events count as fate and what don't, you know, like everything, like you were, like you were saying, like, it's not necessarily his fate to die on the scaffolding. Well, then that, that part of it isn't fate, you know? Yeah. So, but his dying is, you know what I mean? It seems tricky to sort out what parts of things are fate. So like, well, it seems like you could say, you know, it was Desmond, you could probably say it was Desmond's fate to be, to, to, to get on the island, press the button. Now, okay. whether he got there by doing the solo race or he got there by some other means, you know, that, that part isn't necessarily fate. You know what I mean? It's up, you know, to, you, you know, you might not be able to say it was his fate to get there specifically on, with, during the sailing race. You know? So oh, it's, so it's just like general things that can be fate, not like specific things? Is that like? Well, it seems like if it can be changed, then, then it's, then it can't be part of it. You know, like, like the idea is that you can't change the fact that the guy was going to die. You can only change the fact when he's going to die and how. You know? So it was faith that he was going to die, but not specifically. I mean, I don't see why you can't change Desmond going to the island. Well, you could. I'm just using it as hypothetical. He's, he's fated to go to the island. But he, yeah, but that's the thing. You can but only change when. It's not like he's also fated to do the solo race. Uh, yeah, that, you know. The, the, there are certain things that are fate in the. Like I just find fate to be problematic in general. And then when you start saying fate is, fate is a little flexible. It, 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 you know, this is fated to happen, but it's just sort of a general thing that's fated to happen. Like I, well, I'm, I'm just using their, I'm using their, their context, you know, because, because I mean, that's what she said. That, no, I know. Yeah. I, I'm not saying this is your theory. I'm just oh. like, like, I don't understand it very well. Like, I, 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 what I'm saying is, like, what they're doing, I think, is problematic. Yeah. To, like, actually deal with. Like, like fate is this, like, strangely selective thing that it's pick specific things and they have to happen. But other stuff, you know, it doesn't care about. You know, I, I don't know. I, I find that a bit odd for fate to do. Well, it's, it, you know, she, she makes that comment um, about... You know, um, what did she say about, uh, oh, you don't do it, uh, you don't do it because you choose to do it, you do it because you're supposed to do it, which made me mm-hmm. think, in this context of this sort of picky fate, um, that, you know, there's this, there's this balance between free will and fate, and that most things you sort of, you know, get to choose what you do, and then, then there's a small percentage of things like Desmond being on the island and like this guy dying, the red shoe guy dying that he doesn't have a choice of, of what, you know, if he's going to die or not, that's just his fate. So maybe that, maybe that's what they're getting at is this idea of, you know, this, this sort of balance between free will and, and fate. But you know, if something is fated to happen, then certain other things are going to have to happen to, to make that happen. You know, how much control can you, can you have and still keep free will going. You know, it depends on how many how many faded things you have going on at the same time that you need to arrange to also allow for free will. You know, it just seems it just yeah. seems kind of tricky. Well, yeah. Well, the funny thing is that you know, classically speaking, the free will versus predestination argument has never left room for some some of each. Like no one who's seriously interested in the debate between free will and predestination thinks that. Yeah, that that it's either one or the other. Yeah, it's one way or the other. So that's maybe I just room for a maybe I just came up with a new uh, new way of living. Uh, that's cool. Here in the last yeah, lowdown, we of, come up with new theories for you. I new. think they want like, I think they want the the 
what's the word? Uh, they want the drama of fate and the drama of free will. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. They want it both ways, and and it's it's just really difficult. Well, because like, like things being faded, like that's a really dramatic thing. But then like if everything's faded, it's like well, who cares? You know, it's all gonna happen some specific way. So you have to allow for some changes and. Yeah, so they just they went with this hybrid thing. It's kind of odd. Well, I don't. I mean, that's just my interpretation of what's going on. I don't know what they have in mind, but I mean, because they they only they're they're specifically going on the fate aspect of it. But like I'm saying, for it to make sense for me, you have to throw in some free will in there. Because like you said, it's like well, everything can't be faded because you know he, you can change when he dies. So they, I, I, I guess that's what they're going for. They can that. That you can intervene, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe the free will only comes into, uh, you know, real impact when uh, when you can see what's going to happen and you can change it. Well, I think it's interesting that the, the show has so many aspects about it that that have these religious references, mm-hmm. and and it really it, uh, that there that there are all these um, kind of religious undertones. And that they're now getting into this. I mean, there was this brief mention of free will in the in the premiere of this season, but that they're at this point where they're kind of skirting around this question of, you know, all through the first and second episode, there was this whole issue of destiny and all this, and now they're they're really talking in a more overt way about about the the ideas of free will and predestination, and I, I don't know. I just think. It, I think it's interesting because it's it it has always been you know one of the the core religious debates. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I yeah I just think I think they want to have it both ways, and I think that's good because it, it's good in a way because it's it's kind of the only way that they can make this. Story yeah, work. I mean, like it's good for them for the story. It's like, well, if Desmond can see a future and change it. You know, too many too many things are going to have to change. So, you know, but we want him to see the future. So, let's see. He can see the future, but he can't really change it. How about that? Yeah, it's kind of a convenient out. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 all kinds of weird. Because like when I first when I when they first revealed that Desmond could see the future, my immediate thought was worry about how they were going to handle plots and stuff in the future. And you know, because once you bring that in. You know, it's either crappy because they they don't address like, man, he should you know be helping out a lot more. Yeah. You know. Um, okay, here's my prediction. Here's my prediction. Soon he will get hit in the head with a coconut and no longer be able to see the future. Nice. And then Gilligan's gonna say, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then Claire's gonna start picking up radio signals with a uh, filling in her tooth. Nice. You know, I can't believe the professor could build a radio, but they couldn't fix the... Oh, God. Yeah. Couldn't fix the boat? Um, my whole thing with Desmond is that um, it seems like what happened to him uh, with the implosion and this whole, this idea of space and with it time, or I should say time and with it space, uh, that, that the creator seemed to be going, going towards. Um, it seems like basically what happened is that he sort of, you know, very quickly relived all the past events in his life and then sort of got a glimpse of all the future events in his life. And, and I think, I think that's really interesting. And, and, and I think that's how he's able to tell the future. Not that he can specifically see what's going to happen, but that he has a memory of, of, of what's going to happen in the future. It's like a future memory. 
you know, and it hits them like, you know, like any sort of the, memory. The problem with that is that um, if that were really the case, that when he was unconscious after the explosion of the hatch, he saw the future and now he sees glimpses of it, is that he could only have seen Charlie's death in one way at mm -hmm. that one time. Whereas if he is experiencing flashes of the future, kind of as he goes along, then that allows for the possibility that one day he could see the flash of the electrocution and the lightning storm, and then the next day he could see a flash of the drowning. I, the way I think it actually happened, and I think that well, they try to reinforce this by showing this, um, by re-showing the moment right before he flips the failsafe where he says, I love you, Benny. Uh, which is so lame. But anyway, that, that what we see it, I think that what they want us to think is that what what the viewer sees in this episode is exactly what he saw when he was unconscious after the explosion. Well, he specifically says he saw Charlie getting electrocuted and he saw Charlie drowning, which makes me think he's he's got a, this this future memory. You know what I mean? It's not like he's just getting a glimpse of it, but it like he it seems like he was standing there when it happened. That's that's my take on it. That that he was actually he actually. You know, it's like this idea of he just sort of went through the future and whatever, you know, whatever actions and consequences and, and events happened, you know, in relationship to him, he, he, he got glimpses, he, you know, he sort of lived those very quickly and now he's got these fragmented memories of that. That's but the way I'm taking it. He couldn't have lived a future where Charlie got electrocuted and where Charlie drowned. Yeah, I mean, the only way that works is if he actually saw a f all the future possibilities. Yeah, or he, or he lived through all possible futures, hmm. which would be really cool. Well, he could have he could have lived through. Well, that's the thing. Well, I guess yeah, that is weird. I mean, he lives through Charlie getting electrocuted, so he prevents that, and then he sees. Well, yeah, then yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit of both. That's why I feel like he's he's still and like the way the way it plays. Um, uh, in the scenes where it happens, it seems like he's getting a flash. Like, I guess it could be a memory, but it seems I mean, what, more like he's getting a glimpse of the future. You know, the right? only, the, the only difference is, well, I mean, he has to get a, do you think that his glimpses of the future are, are outside of himself? Like he can see something that happens and he's not around to actually witness it. Possibly not. I mean, it could be, it could be a glimpse of a future that would happen. <laughs> You know, if he didn't take action, that mm -hmm. that he would, you know, from his perspective, I I can believe it's that the that what he sees is from his perspective. Possibly. See, and he goes, he goes. When I turned the key, my life flashed before my eyes, yeah, and I was so back in the jungle. And those life. those flashes, they didn't stop. He's still getting flashes of his life. That's that's why it seems to me he's getting these future memories because he's still getting these flashes of his life. See, I thought the same thing, but I just think I think it's problematic in terms of what's happened. I but I don't think poorly written line. Yeah, I, I don't think, think that that negates. Too reductive. I don't think that negates what's going on just because it's problematic. There's other problematic things in the show. <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess you just have to take a stance on what you think is is really going on. And my 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 thought is that. He's basically has glimpses of the future because he's lived it already. Yeah, I you know I actually like that better than psychic Desmond. More like more like you know it's sort of more real world privileged <laughs> access Desmond. Yeah, like he just 
he just happens to know a little more, like, you know, about what's going to happen to him. Like, it's not like some general knowledge. Exactly. Of, oh, I, uh, uh, in China, there's a man and he's, mm-hmm. he's going to, you know, like, it's not some kind of, like, a lot of people who claim to see the future see these, like, big, you know, things that they weren't there for. And, yeah. you know, I, I agree. It is. It's, it seems sort of more realistic. It's just the first thing that occurred to me is, you know, I can't, I couldn't reconcile him having a future where Charlie dies in two ways. Well, you know? may, but but that's the thing. Like, if if he had the, if he is this sort of like you know, future memory Desmond, then how would then and then if he saves them, you know, then how how would how would they write you know that he that he saves them the second time? I mean, they would just basically have to do it and be like, yeah, it's problematic, but you know, I just don't see the the the, the two deaths of Charlie negating that idea. It, it makes it it makes it you know less. Less, uh, you know, um, what's the word? Sound, but uh, I don't think it negates it completely. Yeah, you're right. I it just... could still be like in the mind of the writers, the case, even though it's there's a logical problem. Yeah. I guess. Um. I guess I. I guess I'm gonna agree with you since he specifically states that's what's happening. Oh, oh. Um, how about this? Oh, well. Continue to agree oh, with hey, me. Go ahead. No, continue to agree with me. But I was gonna say maybe <laughs> maybe what he maybe what he does is he. Oh, did that make? I was gonna say he in the future he sees Charlie drown, and then he sees himself change it, which somehow lets him see Charlie. No, I'm sorry. He sees Charlie get electrocuted, but then he somehow sees himself change it. Then he sees. Okay, never mind. See, okay, I don't think that makes any sense. Can I throw out an alternative? No, to both. Please. Um, how about the flashes? didn't necessarily like when he says the flashes kept going maybe he means he he just gets flashes from time to time yes this is what I that's think what i mean means. yeah but i i think but see I, what what it seemed like i thought what you were saying is everything he knows he got like immediately after the key thing happened like he when his life flashed for his eyes he saw everything at once boom it was done as opposed to like everything up to now, and then he keeps getting these visions. Well, no, I think I think the flashes that he's getting now are the memories that he that he did sort of live the future, but he did, he doesn't have any experience of doing that. I I think that nothing in the way that the episode is written should lead us to believe that he, in that moment of his life, quote flashing before him, that he experienced the future as well. I, I think that, that that line is just constructed in a strange way to try to be more dramatic, and that what is actually happening is that this portion of his life, about this specific kind of moment with Penny, flashed before his eyes, and then something crazy happened to him, and now he periodically sees flashes of the future as the future relates to him. Like, we have no reason to think that he's seeing well, a future that has to do with anything other than... The only reason I think that is because it explains why he's seeing the future. I mean, otherwise he's just sort of does it, does randomly really, psychic. Does it explain why he's seeing the future any better than... It does. Just, it it just totally explains it. I mean, they're both completely implausible. Well, yeah, but I, but it, it's it's more plausible that he knows what's going to happen because he's already lived it than versus he knows what's going to happen just because of no apparent reason. Yeah, but I mean, I, I I don't know. I I think that it's just such an implausible sort of thing to think about anyway. I mean, if you want to pull out some well, like, it is a TV show kind of uh, option for an explanation, then the reason that that he's seeing the future is because 
there are an infinite number of realities in which an infinite number of possibilities are being played out and he just you know randomly gets a glimpse of that or something like well that doesn't explain why though that doesn't explain why he gets a glimpse of it yeah but i I mean i I think that you can't really apply too much logic to something like this because it's uh, well, I disagree. I think there's a certain amount of logic you can apply, and I think I think there has to be a reason from a writing standpoint. The writers know why Desmond can see the future, you know. And okay, I think, well, we'll see. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I'm probably, I'm sure they know why he can see the future. I think there's a very specific thing that happened to him when he turned the fail safe, and I think you know they're they're really pointing towards this idea of time and and you know alternate time and all this other stuff, and I think. I think it makes sense that, you know, not only did he see his, his past life before his eyes, but he saw his future life before his eyes. And he's getting these flashes, which are memories. And, and I like that idea because I, I don't think it's been sort of shown before. So I think maybe what what should be noted here is, you know, there's this idea of, you know, whenever you watch some form of entertainment in which something supernatural happens, you know, you have to accept the possibility of a supernatural to go along with the story, but there's still sort of an internal consistent logic that you can expect it to satisfy. Even if, you know, what it's about, you know, is, is something that's sort of impossible. That doesn't mean they can get away with totally being illogical about it just because, well, you know, this wouldn't happen. So who cares what we do? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's, you know, I think they try to do things logically as as much they can until the you know, but they are they're they're dabbling in the realm of science fiction and fantasy anyway. So it, you know, to a point, you can you know, it's just like well, they're just writing a story. But um, I don't know. That's just where I stand. We'll see. You know, we'll see the the the, the other things too, uh, because like that that's sort of what I thought the the first time he had the flash when he was talking about Locke's uh, Locke's speech. You know, it, just the way he described it seems like. You know, he was standing there listening to it. You know, not that he, not that he saw Locke speaking, but that he was actually, he actually has a memory. Cause that, and that's the way it actually presented itself was a memory. He was like, yeah, when Locke gave his speech, you know, he was like remembering this speech that has yet to happen. So that's when that idea of this like future memory first, first went into my head. But well, and he didn't even seem to know that it was the future. Exactly. He just thinks it's a memory that happened. He doesn't, you know, it's not like, oh, this is a future time. You know, he just sort of has this memory. And he doesn't know that it's from the future. He he stated it, you know, as if as if it had occurred. Yeah. I mean, I prefer that idea because I think it's more interesting. I just don't. I just don't think that's where they're going. Well, we'll see. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually. I barely know what I think. The fact that he said his life flashed for his eyes makes me think I'll I'll sort of go with that for now, since since there's a character stating it, you know, even though characters can be wrong, but. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with that for now on future notes. But I I have to say I'm disappointed. One of the things that disappointed me with about, about this episode is that I wanted to know a lot more, or or at the very least a little more about what happened when he turned the key. And um, you know, I guess we found out what happened to Desmond, but it's still 100% unclear to me what happened when they turned the key. <laughs> I thought it was weird how some things survived, like the picture survived, mm-hmm. very, you know, undamaged. Weird yet, like, or the, absurd. The, the, like, um, the dartboard was, like, broken and it looked sort of, like, burned or something. And mm-hmm. then, like, you know, it was, like, first of all, like, if something implodes, like, 
It should have it should have taken like every object with it, you know. Every object in person. Yeah. But it but know. it ejected the three of them. I mean, there's something weird going on already. Yeah. It seems to be like not a normal just physical implosion that the island had something to do with it. The island sort of like decided what it was going to keep and what it was going to eject. I don't know, but Yeah. Like that's the thing. That's I want to know more about that. Like that's what I've been wondering for a while. Like like it, it just to me it, it became matter of fact like further instructions well you know he had this vision and then he woke up and he was naked the end like it didn't you yeah. know Locke wasn't naked when he woke up like it, se- it, it seemed naked? to have it seemed to be some sort of proximity to the implosion and it, it like I said before when during that episode I it sort of made me feel like that anything non-biological got sort of sucked in you know like 99 percent of non-biological things got sucked in and and it took his clothes because he was closest to the thing you know and that it didn't take anyone else's clothes either sort of further away right. the same way other objects that were further away from the the, the focal point were, were still there so that's sort of where i am on that is that it, it was this sort of discriminating implosion <laughs> where I see. Uh, if it was if if you were alive you know carbon based i guess or something that uh it didn't it didn't take you but I mean, an implosion that has the ability to transport someone, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's, um, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, we're on the island. And I just, I don't know. I really was hoping, you don't, you want to know what happened to me, you know, and I guess, I guess we found out, but I was just hoping it would reveal more about what happened in general. So. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Desmond doesn't know what happened any outside of what he what we saw. So yeah, that's all we get. <laughs> I thought he might, but he doesn't. Yeah. I would be very surprised if we see a clarification about what happened when the hatch blew up. I would be mildly surprised, but I would still be surprised. <clears throat> I don't Justin, know where I stand. Yeah. How surprised would you be? <laughs> I I think I think they're gonna address it. I don't. I. I'm. I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't satisfactory. Yeah, they'll I, address it when they address what happened to uh, Jack's dad's body. Yeah, it's like I don't think it, at this point. I don't think it's ever going to matter what happened during the during the explosion. You know, it's never going to really matter. Just like it doesn't really matter what happened to Jack's body. At least well, at like, this point. I would. I would really like to see them try to explain what happened with the hatch, and that's a big part of why I don't think it's going to happen. Because like, how do you explain? Yeah, and who's I, and who's 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 to explain it? From whose yeah, exactly. vantage who's point are we going to see what happened? I mean, anyone else would have sort of been unconscious around the time, and no one no one was there to sort of scientifically say, well, this is going on and that's going on, and you know, yeah. like at the at the at the, the at the best, they could have some outside person, like maybe Ben, if he knows what's going on, eye patch which, guy, or eye patch guy, who who says. Well, you know, I don't know what happened, but this was Dharma claimed that this would have happened if you turned the fell safe, and, yeah. or it was theorized that this would have happened. And that, to me, that's the best we'll get is some sort of uh, explanation like that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But then that doesn't bode well for finding out about the smoke monster either. No, because who's gonna know about the smoke monster? Well, there could be someone who created it, or someone who you know. Who 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 found that information? You know, Basically, about the it. same kind of thing. Some kind of privileged person who knows. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess so. It never occurred to me. I guess I had this impression that if they just investigate enough, they'll figure it out. <laughs> you know. God, I could see Saeed with his little tools and like, mm-hmm. well, 
The uh, radiological evidence states that uh, this place was in a temporal flux for 3.5 milliseconds. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Uh, I just want to quickly um, go over a couple of the scenes we didn't talk about. I just want to just talk, just just read what I have. And okay, just sure, so right. I feel like we covered them. Um, the the only sort of things we missed uh, was Desmond seeing the Royal Scots Army sign. Blah blah oh, blah. Yeah. The next scene is when uh, he and he and Penny are taking a stroll and they. They take the infamous picture. I'm really amazed um, about that. Which I love when, when he's like, how about the Alps? And she's like, I hate the Alps. And I'm like, who hates the Alps? <laughs> like, how do you hate the Alps? Like, I mean, you can maybe, like, be, you know, indifferent to them. But how do you actively hate them? I don't know. Oh, maybe she went there when she was a kid and she almost died or something. Well, whose fault is that? The Alps? <laughs> yes, she blames okay. the Alps. <laughs> and I thought it was weird. He has this whole... um this whole logic about that he can look after um, look after Penny. He's like, you know, he's like, I can't do this, this relationship. She's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I can't, I can't look after you. I haven't got a job. I haven't any blah, 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 you know. But it seems like he's saying that'll all be remedied if I can win this race. <laughs> like, you know, if I can go in this race, it'll all be fine. But it's like, yeah, that doesn't really make any sense, Desmond. You know, like, what do you think you're giving up by, by turning down Penny? Like, you know, what is what is supposed to be his plan at this point? Yeah, his plan is not, I mean, he, he could just say something along the lines of, I'm not good enough for you, but I've decided, you know, I, I, I'm going to do something great. I'm going to join the Royal Scott Navy or whatever, and, and then I'm going to whatever, yeah, I don't know. It seems like if he, he would just take the job from the father, he would have some money and he can contribute to what's going. You know, it plays like this really kind of archetypical. Uh, yeah, it was like faux drama. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was frama. This... <laughs> <laughs> oh, bringing it back! I brought it back for the 07. Nice. Yes, I brought it back. Nice. It was frama. Frama. Yeah, this scene is really trite and it doesn't make that old much school sense. fans. Old school fans know what we're talking about. Nice. Wow. All right, sorry, I had to bring it back. You referenced it last on the last. Week. Well, then the new school fans know what we're talking about too. <laughs> well, the old school fans will appreciate it more because that goes way back. Yeah, that's pretty far back. Um. Uh, all right, and then the other scene I don't think we talked about. Um. Let's see, blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, yeah, that's the other part when he goes, you know, after the, at, when we when we see, the, you know, him waking up naked after the implosion, he goes, let me go back. I'll do it right this time. I'll change it. Change what? You'll do, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you gonna, you're going to marry Penny instead of going on the thing? I mean, I guess that's what he's saying, but I don't know why he feels like that's doing it right when this idea of he's destined to go on the island that's what's right that's the thing you're supposed to be doing but he's like let me go back i'll do it right i'll change it it's like i i don't get what they're trying to do with that it seems like they're just saying stuff and we're supposed to think it's important and interesting but it doesn't really it doesn't really, <laughs> it really just add trying. up it was supposed to be dramatic, I think. Yeah. Just, just like, you know, oh, let me try again. I, you know. Give I... me another chance. Yeah. <laughs> but another chance to do what? Nothing yeah, Nothing exactly. happened differently. So, I mean, another things happened. Another chance to not break up with Penny and join the army. Another chance to do things the way they were supposed to be done in the first place, which is the way they were done. Which is the way that they will always be done. <laughs> exactly. Because you can't ever really change the major things about your life. Exactly. Yeah. 
Right, it's Brittany? a line that would have made sense if the episode hadn't been if it hadn't had some of the other stuff it had, you know, about all that. Yeah, you, it's this sort of walk away moral is that you can't really change anything about your fate. Yeah, like if they didn't have all that scene about about how Desmond is supposed to do all this stuff and this is the great thing you're gonna do and you know, just just in general, you know, I could see, you know, some movie or whatever where someone says that. Let me go back. I'll Yeah, do it. but that would mean that that instead of getting stuck on the island, he wants to go back and marry Penny like he should have done and then they yeah. could live happy, which would have made sense, but but we know, you know, that that's not what he was supposed to do and Right. So, um then the last scene, we have the sort of uh flash forward and we see they revisit the the Charlie and Desmond fighting scene and uh, then he he basically tells him, you know, you previously on Lost Part Two. Yeah, you can't you can't change it, Charlie. You're gonna die. So that's that's right. the end of the that's show. It. That's the dramatic the, that's ending. The way the episode ends. Yeah, which you know, I thought it was interesting. Like you know, this idea of the universe wants Charlie dead. I'm like, wow, finally the universe got it right. <laughs> the universe and I finally agree on something. The universe and I finally agree. <laughs> oh god, that's funny. So I have to ask you. Uh, do you think Charlie's really gonna die? Yes, I think eventually Charlie will die. I think I think eventually he's gonna. Die. Well, look at that. You know, tomorrow, don't. tomorrow he's gonna fall in the shower and break his neck. I mean, do you think soon, or you think by the end of the season? I or? think by the end of the season, man. I yeah. I don't see how uh, Desmond can keep keeping him alive for too much Why longer. Why would he want to? When Why he's clearly he such to? a dick. And it's I like mean, at a certain point, it's like you know. I feel like at this point, Desmond has should have resigned himself to to not trying to save Charlie because he understands it's futile. And it's like you know, it it is sad when like if you, I mean, this hasn't happened to me, but it, you know, to realize that the universe wants someone dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> it doesn't happen to you. It hasn't happened to me yet, but uh, but uh, it, it must be sad to realize like, oh god, this person's gonna die, and maybe I can do something. But then they realize you really can't do anything about it. It's like, well, it's probably sadder for the person who's gonna die. And I think it's kind of it's it's along the same lines as like you know when someone dies and you know a religious person says you know God wanted it that way and right. and it, it was your time and God called you to heaven or whatever and and it seems to be sort of the same thing. There's this sort of innate comfort in this idea that. Well, that's just what the universe want, universe wants, and it's sort of you know, at least in terms of the universe, sort of indiscriminately you know wants it. It's not like it's trying to be mean. It just hey, it's just your time to die. Like when God wants you dead. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the that's the that's a different <laughs> one. Yeah, when God wants you yeah. dead, it's personal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that one of the significant differences is that people who um who are inclined to think that it's their time to go because like God has whatever. Uh, at least probably think that they're going to somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, as opposed to just like the universe wants me dead. That's it. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I can't believe the universe wants Charlie dead. That's just so. <laughs> can't you though? So predictable. Yeah, I don't know. It's too easy. <laughs> but uh, it just seems odd that it's the like, universe would care about such a like, trifle character. It's like, like hey, you, hey, universe, take uh, take Hurley with you. Oh, oh, nice! No, 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 no! Blast, that's the, uh, not that's Kylie the, and that's the thing. I don't think the universe wants Charlie dead in any like discriminatory way. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just time to go. It's just it's time to go, and it's like not the like the universe. Guy. Yeah, he's just yeah. made it to die. Yeah, but that's odd. You know what does that even mean then? If it's not someone, you know, wanting 
What people, but people who don't deserve to die die like, all the time. What, what does it mean? It's just as time to go. Like that's I don't even understand. It's that. fate. Basically, I, basically, it means that that Charlie was going to be electrocuted, and that was it. That was supposed to be that. It was supposed to be you know a freak accident, and it wasn't supposed to be any big deal. But now that Desmond can see the future, it's a big deal that Charlie's going to die. Yeah. Okay. You know, but before it would have just been like when when uh, when Joanna died. You know, it's like oh she died. Okay, well no big you know no big deal in a general sense. And, People die, especially when yeah. And then but now but if someone would have saved Joanna and it would have been about prolonging her life, it would have been it would have seemed like this big deal. You know, because mm-hmm. someone saw the future. So I think that's what it is. It's not like there's any big deal and there's like it's Charlie specifically. It's just like it he he's supposed to die and now yeah. that he's not. It, you know what? The whole thing is really like um, um, Final Destination. I, I was though. about to say yeah. Final Destination. Wow. It's exactly the same premise. Like, like they're like, all just destined to die. Yeah, and then they didn't die, so uh, so death tries to find wow. these alternative ways of killing them. There was an impressive franchise them. right there. You know what? Those movies I, were pretty good. I mean, they're... I never saw a single one of them, but oh. I think there's been like three, right? There's three. Yeah. And they get increasingly gruesome, but uh, I thought they were all pretty well done and fairly interesting. I mean, the first one's probably the best, but check them out if you haven't seen it. Uh, okay. <laughs> next on, on next on Claude's movie corner. Are, uh, they, yeah. <laughs> are um, they actually scary, or are they just? Um, like... they're just suspenseful. They're not like scary. They're just really suspenseful. They they look. I have to say, Claude, they they look pretty shitty. No, they're they're fairly cheesy and like you know they're just your average like teen suspense kind of horror movie thing. But I think they're 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 interesting. I mean, okay. for movies like that. Um. All right. Well, I mean, the idea. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really pretty surprising that Charlie has made it this long, considering his drug addiction. Uh, the fact that he survived a plane crash, yeah, and he's pretty <laughs> ill suited compared to some of the other people on the island. He he seems pretty ill suited to to survive. Uh, take a hint, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he survived I mean, being hung up by the neck too. Yeah, anything. yeah. He never should have survived that. Um, he he almost he almost died. His uh his real life fiance almost just let him die. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, it's so beautiful that the two of them found love. By the way, <laughs> I just uh, you know that's what fate had in store for them. Yeah, surely. <laughs> um, according to us, us, us magazine, us weekly. No, oh, I didn't know it was a quote. Lovely. No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't actually a quote. But no. according to a magazine that I saw at the drugstore, uh, they're getting married this summer. So wait, I'm who's getting married? Delighted. A Do- Dominic Monaghan and Kate in real life. Yeah, in like summer. real life, right? Yeah, yeah. They're such life. a weird couple. Yeah. They just don't look. They are. I, she should be marrying people. Jack or Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Those are your only choices. <laughs> Those are only your only choices. Uh, they're, the, yeah, they're both already married, actually, in real life. So what? Move to Utah. Marry. Um, marry. Uh, I'm told that Sawyer is married to a to a pudgy little. Uh, Filipino woman. You know, I think I've seen her, and I'm like, wow, you could do better. But uh, I think they probably were... To the wife or to Sawyer? No, to the... Well, Sawyer could do better. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, I I sort of... It's so mean to say, but I I sort of assume that uh, they got together before he's, like, famous. That is... That's terrible. That's really mean. I'm going to tell her you said that. 
Cool. Tell her. Yeah, you go tell her I said that, and then also cry. tell her. Also tell her I like her husband on the show a lot. If you're gonna go talk to her. Um. Yeah, that's really sad. I don't know. Um, Whatever. Whatever. It's fine. I bet she's a really nice person. Oh, I'm sure she's hilarious. I didn't say she was funny. I'm sure she's got a great personality. Yeah. Um. So we're 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 through with the recap of the episode, right? Clearly. Yeah. Does uh. <laughs> we've delved into the personal lives of the actors? Yeah. I forgot about that. Um. So, is there any big things we need to talk about? I, Justin, you said something, and I said I was going to remember it. And <laughs> oh. um, it had I, something that you 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 had something to say, and then I I was going to ask you how does that relate to him seeing the future because it didn't seem like it correlated. But um, I feel like we talked about what I was referring to, but yeah. I don't remember. And I feel like your your stance now is that what's okay? What's your stance on what happened to what happened and what's happening to? Desmond. In terms of really, why he can see the future? Yeah, really quickly. Um, I guess my stance is that is that, okay, push, he turned the key, his life flashed before his eyes, and I, I guess I'm gonna say he he also saw what was going to happen, and he also saw what would happen if he saw what was gonna happen. Oh, <laughs> All right. All right. That's interesting. Um, well, you know, my stance is that he just saw he, he, he basically lived effectively lived his entire life. And now he's getting memories from the future, from events in the future. Um, and he didn't he didn't specifically see Charlie die. I, I think it's just it's just problematic that, you know, he would have had to see Charlie die twice. Um, but I think. I, I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the model that you create explains most things except for like this one thing. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's where I'm standing. That this model to me makes sense and explains most things, but the the Charlie thing it just doesn't explain well. So it's just an outlier. Yeah. And Jennifer, oh, you know what I might want to oh. go with? He he gets he gets the flashes didn't all occur then. Maybe he just gets periodic flashes. And they adjust to whatever's going to happen at the time he gets them. But then, are you still? Because that's that's my. But theory. that still means he but saw everything. Are you everything. still thinking that he saw his future when he was, you know, right after the failsafe? Yeah. Basically, you're in the camp that he just has clairvoyant powers, or you're in the camp that he's remembering the future. I'm flip-flopping well, he's, he's as we He's trying speak. to float through both of them. <laughs> he's trying to say that he saw the future, but now that... Now, okay, so he saw the future, and now that he's living the present, he's getting flashes of the future past. <laughs> I, I'm, that, uh, that the flash on, the n- on the night betwixt tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. I'm having trouble. I just, I don't know. I'm having a hard time accepting hey, hey, your model because of hey, that problem. Mr. Mr. New Year's resolution, just do what the, you think the... the it's the, creating... Yeah, just, think, just, just do Justin, what you what think do you they think want, think you want you to do. They want you to I'm do. having cognitive dissonance. I, I, dissonance. <laughs> dissonance. Oh, God. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know what I think is the obvious thing, and that's my problem. That is your problem. I, I can't determine what that is, and so I'm having to sort of choose arbitrarily. Yeah. Uh, I, so. um... 
So you know what? I right now I'll just I'll go with undecided. I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with with saying he just has clairvoyant powers. The psychic, you know, Claire psychic seemed to have clairvoyant powers, or yeah, maybe not, I don't know. But I, but I think it's clairvoyant powers in the manner he describes, where where he's he's seeing memories that that of what will occur, not not sort of a general clairvoyance. Clairvoyance. <laughs> clairvoyance. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So basically, he's remembering the future. Yes. Because, I mean, if you think about it, it's really not a psychic power if you, if you know, if you go to the future and live, you know, however many events and you come back and you remember those events. I mean, so that's not a power, that, you know. That's... It's supernatural. Well, but, the, um... the supernatural part is how you were able to time travel, not that you actually remembered it, because that's just the function of your brain is remembering well, yeah. events. I agree. I agree. I mean, yeah. it's still, well, I guess, yeah, it's still, there's still something to, uh, it's not quite realistic yet, but yeah, it's, it isn't, uh, it isn't clairvoyance. And I, I, I still don't think it's clairvoyance. I, I don't know how well, like, I, I feel like it's something like you described, but it sort of comes to him from time to time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that, that's my point is that he, he, he lived the future events, but he doesn't have any, any recollection of them whatsoever. And then these these flashes are the memories that just sort of arbitrarily come to him. Maybe the, the the memories like correct themselves depending on you know how things have played out so far. See, no, I'm getting a I need to stop doing this. Ago. Yeah, I I just I it's hard for me to resolve that issue, and right. I guess well, I'm getting really hung up on it. Your time is up anyway, Jennifer, and you you basically just say that uh, it, he just has clairvoyant powers. Yeah, I think that he's that he periodically sees events from the future, <laughs> but that the future is specifically like the, the future of things related to him. He, he's but the but only... hmm? he hasn't lived those things, but they're just sort of related to him. Right. He hasn't. He hasn't lived these experiences. He just gets. He he just gets uh, these kinds of clairvoyant moments, but that all of the moments that he experiences have to do somehow with his life. Like, he's not going to see visions of things, um, you know, in other parts of the world or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if some random person walked up to him, he couldn't be like the psychic and say, you're going to have a baby. Right. No, I don't think he's totally psychic, and I don't think, you know. So you basically give him limited clairvoyant powers. They're only limited to him. Yeah, they're they're limited to things within his realm of or his sphere of influence or whatever. Okay. Like the people he knows and the the places that he you know that he occupies. Yeah, that sounds really likely. Okay, um, let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> Just kidding. So um, so, what's your final stance? Oh, I already here. said my stance twice. Oh, okay. uh, my stance is that twice. He... it just seemed like I don't know. No, yeah, my stance is that he turned the key. He, it, it's this idea of like, he was sort of, that everything that had ever happened to him before or would ever happen, he experienced in a flash of a second, and and now he's getting these, these basically I call them memories of, of what happens, but it just so happens the memory, it's memory of something that hadn't happened yet. Okay. I think that's very consistent with the line at the end, you know? And yeah. that's and that tugs me towards that. And, I, and I, I just I just like the idea of you you know your life flashes before your eyes, but what happens if those flashes you know are, are events that haven't happened yet? Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's. Yeah. Someone's on top of the fence. <laughs>
Oh, I wish I wish I could take a stand. But um okay well i guess we'll wrap up the show uh or no i guess there's justin you have anything you talk about like uh forum stuff or or uh, anything interesting on the official podcast um no not really much interesting on the official podcast although i do recommend that you listen to it um shall we talk about next week on lost yes i guess we should talk about next week on lost which i, I, I sort I of wait. forgot it's great yeah, I'm really excited about next week's episode. I definitely um, find the other stuff, you know, as much as I've read complaining about it, uh, I think it's been the best stuff this season by far. So three of the biggest island mysteries, one of which is most likely and unfortunately Jack's tattoos, will yeah. be, um, will be uh, addressed next week, according to the preview at least. Yeah, I think it's going to be... I forgot now. I think it's going to be Jack's tattoo. It's going to be what happened to Cindy and what happened to the kids. That might be the same one, though. I think it's going to be why they want the kids, what they're doing with the adults, and his tattoos. Which, I have to say, I I really really don't find to be that big of of a mystery. I think they're going to make it a mystery. They're going to make it interesting, is what I mean. If if the tattoos say something predicting his ending up on the the island, like I will, I'll just then no. I'll think it's worth knowing. The but tattoos I are gonna say know. like you never give up. <laughs> oh God! You never quit. I, I can't imagine. See, that's the thing. I I can't imagine what the tattoos would say that would be significant. And that's why you don't write for Lost. I mean, that, I that's that's so. usually what I go to, too. I'm like, I can't imagine what it's going to be. And I'm like, well, that's why I'm not a writer on the show, because yeah. I think they can. I think they could make it interesting. Mm-hmm. I think they could. They, they could, but will they? Ooh, now there's the question, isn't there? That's the rub. <laughs> oh, the rub. Yeah, I am... Um... I was mildly curious about Jack's tattoos back in, you know, season one when there was time to care about such things. But um, at this point, whatever. If they never revealed that, I wouldn't be angry. I would rather them make time for another mystery that's more interesting. But yeah. whatever. If they make you it know, good, I'll be happy. I'm actually... know, I became even less interested in his tattoos when I found out that those are actually Matthew Fox's tattoos. Yeah, those are actually his tattoos. And that they just wrote them into the show. They just basically decided not to cover them up every episode. Yeah. And and to me, that, that makes it even less interesting because there's no intentionality behind the tattoos they just happen to be there it's like talking about someone's mole or something you know it's, well, just, it's yeah. just there well unless like but i mean it's a mole that wasn't always there so then that's kind of interesting it's like yeah that mole means you can whatever you've got special powers with that mole I yeah maybe it's like a third eye mole like what I can't imagine what they well, we'll see. We'll see I think it's possible that even though they already existed, they can come up with something interesting for them. Yeah. You know, they're they're open to interpretation to some extent. They're not they're not that explicit, so Yeah, maybe, yeah. but but in the preview they show this this kind of scary looking woman saying you do, you do you know, uh commenting on one of the tattoos that's a Chinese word or something. Right. And she says, You do know what it means, don't you? 
Well, there's yeah. got to be someone out there, say, you know, a couple billion people in China <laughs> oh. who can actually like, read what it says. Well, I so, bet, I bet it's, it's, I bet it's some sort of saying or proverb or something, and I bet it's going to be an interpretational thing where if the, if it just basically says, you know, uh, a stitch in time saves nine, <laughs> she's going to relate that to something going on on the show. Yeah, probably, I mean? but then, but then that's. See, that's kind of where I think they're going with this, and that's why I can't imagine that it's going to be that interesting. I, you know, I'm actually wondering if they're even going to focus on the tattoos anyway. They did show that in the promo, which means it's probably not that important. You know, <laughs> they're going to, she's going to be like, you do know what they mean, though. He's going to be like, yeah. She's going to be like, okay, I'm leaving now. You yeah, know? Well, maybe, maybe, but but I still, I mean, I still think that if one of the three island mysteries that they're talking about is his tattoos, yeah. I'm gonna have to seriously reconsider watching the show. Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking since they showed it in the promo, it might not be, it might not be one of the big three mysteries. Yeah, but they also showed Cindy in the promo. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Cindy's uh, not a mystery, and say. I guarantee they shall tell you what Jack's they I guarantee they tell you what Jack's tattoos mean. You're gonna guarantee I'm it. I'm gonna guarantee it. This is so a Justin guarantee. This is the law slowdown promise. Hey, hey, no 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 no. Yeah, don't, I pulled you in. Don't pull me into your guarantee. <laughs> I don't You're I part don't, of this now. You can't yeah. complain. Oh great. Now now I'm part of it. Um, I, I do think they will tell us what it means. I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily have to be one of the big three mysteries. I actually, I mean, considering the fact that it was probably some unpaid intern at ABC who came up with that three of the island mysteries revealed. By, it's, by unpaid intern, even... you mean Damon? <laughs> they, um, <laughs> they, they, they do you that. Mean, they... You mean Carlton Cuse? Wait, who are you they talking about? But they don't come up with those. See? Oh, come on. Yeah, you're right. They don't. Yeah, they really have nothing to do with So, I, I mean, I think that I think that there's a very good chance that after watching the episode, we'll be like, okay, so what were the three island mysteries? They did this last season. I yeah, remember. they did. They said, we're going to answer. I, was it three? Three. Was it five? There was some number yeah, of mysteries. Three. I think there were three of your questions, you know. Yeah, like they, I remember that promo from last season. Basically the same idea. But uh, the reason I think Jack's Tattoos is one of them is because uh, I've read a bunch of interviews with David and Carlton where they've said, uh, uh, where, they, where they sort of referred to it as a mystery and said they were going to answer it this season. Yeah. You know, along with Locke's, uh, how Locke lost his legs. Those those two are always mentioned sort of at the same time as being like mystery. They're sort of like character mysteries, I guess. Not really yeah. like island mysteries or interesting mysteries, I should say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One and the same. <laughs> but I think uh, but I think it's going to count as one of them. That's, yeah, that's, that's fine. That's I'll just that. my, yeah. Um, basically in the promo, besides all that stuff, we see Jack, you know, you know, still captured and, and sort of, they're trying to do something with him and they introduce some new other lady. We see Juliet being, Mm -hmm. yeah, we see Juliet being taken somewhere in handcuffs. So she's Mm -hmm. in in deep trouble. Um, and, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, are they, are the, are, are the Losties plotting to rescue Jack and, uh, the, or Jack, I should say? Well, Kate seems to be saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly appears so. And I believe there was a preview for this week's episode um, that showed maybe more of that from next week's episode. Where, uh, and there's a clip of Sawyer asking uh, Carl 
Right? K. You mean K. K. Yeah, K. Des Carl. What they do well, with the kids? You don't know it's Carl, right? Did they what show that it was Carl? Told me it was Carl. We we sort of deduced that who who could she be asking so yeah, casually? Yeah, it was it was yeah. You can't really see it. They show like shots of the kids. Yeah, and then and then then you see we see Kate saying, "What do you do with the kids when you take them or whatever?" And you don't see who she's talking to, but we sort of deduce it has to be Carl because who else could she talk to so casually? She's definitely not mm-hmm. back. Uh, with the others so. and who does she have access to you know yeah it just it so, makes sense it's carl she's asking so um and then yeah we see cindy and then cindy says you know he's like what are you doing here and she says we're here to no, watch no, no no he said what are you doing here <laughs> his signature jack screaming god that man has no patience Go get yeah that you're one. right just do it yeah you're right he's like he's like what are you doing here um he's why is he so mad why is he he's really mad jack's way i think i think he's it, the he's uh he's suggesting that she sort of betrayed them by you know the fact that the others are letting her walk around and she's sort of standing there like i think he's suggesting that that she's like on their side or something. Yeah, yeah and but I, the preview also makes it look like he doesn't even remember her at first. She has to remind him who she is. Yeah. So I don't know. Oh yeah, I didn't catch that. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe in the Canadian one. No, it's not in the Canadian no. one. It's in the it's in the normal one. But uh, the normal. Uh, one. <laughs> the normal. One. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I just betray my cultural there goes, biases? There goes Canada. We we we've lost New Zealand. Sorry, guys. Yeah, we've lost New Zealand, Canada, uh, Scotland, all Canada. all the British Isles. Uh, we don't. All of our listeners now have to be in America or some other European countries. So. <laughs> wow. Oh dear. Um, but the Canadians never get offended. So. You know, I think it might have been I'm sure by now they have very the, tough the lost moments that they were showing during uh, Daybreak back when it was on. Um, a longer version of that Cindy scene appears as one of those, oh, and yeah. it might have been in that where he where he yeah because I don't I don't remember that oh, from this yeah. promo. We, we did yeah. watch a bunch of those today because yeah. So um, he shouldn't remember her at all. I mean, it's been so long. He's been through so much, and he saw her a couple times on the plane month like weeks ago. Like he shouldn't outright be like oh yeah you're a stewardess yeah no yeah it kind of it kind of fits in with the um with that scene in the first part of the season when um when kate's like when kate says something about ben it's like who's ben mm-hmm. so it's so like who's ben she's henry gale like yeah he shouldn't know the name ben just like jack really shouldn't remember cindy even though the viewer remembers cindy yeah well, how could you forget poor Cindy? Mm, poor I think Jack Cindy. should remember her with coaching, but I agree he shouldn't recognize her immediately. No, yeah, yeah. with coaching, which it seems like he does. Yeah, like, yeah. It seems like he does. you know. Yeah. But um, anyway, she says we're here to watch. Which at first I thought I was like, whoa, like, what does that mean? Like, like the sort of grand idea they're just there to watch forever, like watch the oh. drama unfold, you know. Yikes. But then but then I it's, guess it's like it's like a comment on the meaning of life. Yeah, like we're here to watch, you know, and, and see if you guys can survive the treachers of the island and whatever and is treachers a word? Uh no. <laughs> just make treachers. That up. treachers. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, That's, um, that was that was nice. It it should be a word. I think you turn you turn an adjective into a noun. Nice. Well, yeah, treacherous. I, I made it. You know, the, the noun. Wow. Yeah. The um, treacherous. <laughs> that sounds like a good horror movie. The treacherous. Treacherous. 
Wow. <sighs> All right, what were you saying, Jennifer? Mm, I was just going to say that if I'm not mistaken, that little clip led someone uh, to post a comment on the uh, website that suggested that Cindy might be a mole. or that Website? Yeah, you guys have a website, right? Whoa, Don't really? You... <laughs> no, it's not www.thelostlowdown.blogspot.com. Um, I just found it the other day. Go there randomly. now. Wow, I'm going to go for the first time right now. <laughs> um, Leave a comment. No, you, Sign you... our Frapper map. I will. Send us email. I will. Lostlowdown at gmail.com. I really think, well, this is neither here it's nor plug there. It's plug time. But, um, you know, I think it's a little inconsistent that it's the lost lowdown for the website and just lost lowdown for the email. Yeah, I think that's confusing. actually. Um, didn't didn't you try to get the lost lowdown for the email? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. I thought you tried it and it and you couldn't get it, or maybe no, you tried to get lost lowdown for the website and you couldn't get it, or maybe that's what happened. Uh, I think what I tried to do was get the lost lowdown from the website and lost lowdown for Gmail, and that's what I did. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, how about that? I really, I thought, I thought we discussed uh, that. Uh, anyway, hmm. um, so so this scene provoked, if I'm not mistaken, someone on the website to suggest that Cindy might be a mole. Oh, uh, I think that was Kurt. Kurt, yeah, Kurt Yanko of the Black Rock Podcast, which I don't know if they're still active, but um, but. That's who it is. So I just thought that was interesting. I didn't have anything to say about it. <laughs> yeah, and I, oh, and my point about that, um, which I said on the website, which is that uh, I, I don't think she qualifies as a mole, even if she's on their side now. That's not I don't what think a mole she is. was before. It just means she got to see that bitchin' video about how we're all the causes of our own suffering, and. Um, only everything changes. Everything changes, yeah. And God loved you like he loved Jacob. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, speaking of uh, the comments, um, thanks to the guys who posted comments. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't remember all your names, but uh, yeah. Oh, they know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't read them, but um, I don't know. Um, what, what else, guys? Anything else you guys want to bring up before we... Uh, close this uh close this podcast um just that the woman in the ring shop is most assuredly not the woman reading jack's tattoos like some people on the no she totally is not yeah as soon as that started up i realized oh man yeah it's a new season we're back to that nonsense Mm -hmm. oh look it's there's michael toiling in the background like oh enough enough (laughs) people just Oh man, it just I oh, wow. So yeah, no, it's it's clearly not her when you sort of look at them closely. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I want to say one thing about her when she says, you know, if you don't do this, every one of us is dead. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really creepy because I didn't know what us she was referring to. Yeah, then I was that like, is interesting. Is there some secret society of people who know what's you know who sort of know what's going on in a general sense and like. And like they're the ones who are gonna die, like not just See, regular. That's another reason but... why I think she's she's a function of the island in his mind. Um, I, I, I guess I thought that... she was talking about everyone in the world. Yeah, as us. I, I, I no, I think that is what she means. Well, but the way she said it, it seemed like she she emphasized us, 
She could have just said everyone will die, but she said every one of us is dead. You know, I, you know, and I, you know, what what did you call it, Justin? Uh, nitpicking oh. with Claude, or yeah, uh, yeah, Claude's nitpick hour. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't remember. Splitting, hour. Let's please not let it last an hour. <laughs> uh, splitting hairs with Claude or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that was it. That was it. Yeah, I mean, this is splitting hairs, but I, I get hung up over over lines of dialogue because there's so many different ways to say the same thing. But you mm-hmm. know. Every one of us is dead, which makes me think, um, you know, maybe there, maybe the island, um, you know, if she is a product of the island, then, then maybe pressing the button, it serves a function for the island too. You know, I don't think we've ever thought of that before, but yeah, that's uh, pretty interesting. I, you know, it's a fair point considering it seems like the island was telling Echo that the button was very important and he had to, you know, mm-hmm. blah, 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 do this. And Although... He- wasn't it the island who showed him showed them how to get to the question mark hatch? Yeah, okay. Well, then see and then yeah. see I have a model. And <laughs> <laughs> can, can I just say guys that it's complicated. Oh, there we oh. go. That's all we um, need. This actually is like, I don't know what happened. She was just going for a walk. I love that. <laughs> I offered to watch the baby. I love that cuz it was like Oh hey, where's Claire? Where's Claire? Oh, she went for a walk. I offered to walk the baby, and then I said, "Claire, your blouse looks really nice." And then she said, "Oh, thanks, son. Your hair is." <laughs> it just seemed like Son wanted to keep talking, and Claire just like, "Shut up, son. I'm leaving." Yeah, <laughs> she's bored. You're not in this episode. Quiet. Exactly. <laughs> you get yeah, two that, lines. Yeah, that was actually an unscripted appearance by her. <laughs> she just showed up. Um, I do, I do want to say one kind of random thing that has absolutely no importance about the next week on Lost, cool. which is that it seems like they keep introducing new others, yeah. but we keep not seeing some of the others that we saw. Like, where's Clue? Clue's yeah. gone. Clue? I want to know what she's up to. I think I mean, she, she eloped with Michael. I think, uh... <laughs> she, like, swam after them. <laughs> Oh man, that's really ridiculous. Um, uh, I think we've seen most of the others we know, except for Clue. Like Clue's the exception. My understanding is that she she was working on some other show. They wanted her, couldn't get her. We would have seen her, but life intervened. You know, uh, what show? Well, she's on another show. Yeah, she. Well, I don't know if it's another show, but she was working on something else. Cause she's a. She seemed to me to be a very good actress. Yes, I. She was very good, very creepy, and I, I think she will reappear at some point. But um, besides that, you know, I think most of our famous others have have been presented. Well, yeah. and plus, it's the idea yeah. that she she mainly works with the kids anyway, so yeah, that's she wouldn't really like she wouldn't really be on the mini are. island. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we'll see her next episode. I don't think so. But maybe we will. Well, you think I was, we're going to see the I was kind of expecting ki- to see her in the preview for next week's episode, given what next week's episode seems to be about. Do you think we're going to see the kids, though? No. I think okay. we might see the kids. Okay. I, I think there's a chance. If we don't see the kids, they're going to mention them. Obviously Cindy's, mention Cindy, them. I think at the least Cindy will say what happened to the kids. Yeah, at the least. I agree. I mean, I think there's a chance that somehow we'll see, but I, I don't know how it's going to work because Jack's locked up. But, you know, uh, Cindy Cindy does this thing when she says, we're here to watch. She she It was that, like she was questioning, right? No, I mean, I felt oh. like, what I actually thought it, it was, it was, was kind of like when Desmond says, like, no, I wasn't, I wasn't saving Claire, I was saving you. Like, obviously we're here to watch, like. I, yeah, I took it as like she was watch. questioning, like we're here I, to watch, like like 
don't you know we're here to watch type thing? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, don't you yeah. realize that we're here to watch? Yeah. Like, why don't oh. you know that we're here to watch? We're, I think we're saying the same thing. I have to yeah, take that from both of you. I thought she was saying, like, we're here to watch? Well, <laughs> like I think, she... yeah, I mean, it was questioning, but but not that she didn't know the answer, but she was surprised that Jack didn't know the answer. Yeah, exactly. I thought, like, she she knew what she was doing, but she didn't really understand it. She just knew she was supposed to be there to watch. Like, I took it Yeah, like, I can see that, too. Like, we're here to watch, I guess. That's what we're told, but I don't know what we're watching or yeah, why. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, I can see that, too. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll uh, get more <laughs> on that next week. Oh, <laughs> something to look forward to. Mm. Um. All right, guys. Well, it's been another riveting uh episode of the lost lowdown um <laughs> indeed and we'll be uh, back next week this one uh this one will come in probably right under three hours so uh it's a, it's one of our sort of shorties yes but hopefully it's a goodie listen to a, a classic lost <laughs> lost lowdown after that yeah please go listen to a classic lost lowdown i love that i love that with reruns on tv they always refer to um like a classic yeah classic episode it's a classic if it's old the only point only problem with our, our classics is that classic means irrelevant yeah <laughs> at least in terms of what's going on on the show now but no, uh that's okay yeah, i mean it's interesting to relive maybe the, we'll be entertaining the anyway. old naivete yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, did. I enjoyed that. I was listening to some old Lost Cast at one point, and it was actually kind of fun to hear them be on the wrong track all the time. Oh, but aren't they on the wrong track all the time? Well, you know, that's true. They don't need this. <laughs> that was just a joke. I'm joking. I yeah. love those guys. No, no, no. Joke, Come joke, on. joke. They, uh, they just get everything wrong about the episode, not, like, about their theories. Exactly. Their theories are totally wrong. I mean, uh, what? Oh, all right, I'm going to go before I get some angry emails. Indeed. Yeah, more angry emails beyond the, the New Zealanders. The, the many nations that we have offended today. <laughs> yeah, hey, Justin, you take you take the uh, Southern Hemisphere hate emails. I'll take the okay. Northern Hemisphere. Got it, emails. got it. You know, the Southern Hemisphere has way less. Yeah, like, I was going to say, that's what I think you... Uh, All you I know get what? is like, Australia like and the Southern part of Africa and the Southern part of South America. That's it. Yeah, but no, but you get New Zealand, and oh. I think that's where a lot of the hate's going to come from. I see. Yeah, they are a hateful people. Those, <laughs> those Kiwis, those oh, Kiwis are really now. hateful. Those Kiwis are, 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 they're like, you know, they're near Tasmania. That's where it comes from. <laughs> they're vicious. Like Tasmanian devils. They around and oh, gobble things indiscriminately. <laughs> <laughs> Just, they're so cartoon like. Um, <laughs> all right, we really should go now. Yes. Uh, clearly it's time. Well, uh thanks for uh thanks for having me on. It was fun. Yeah, yes. thank you, Jennifer, for joining us once, once again. Once again. Uh go back to your foot fetish uh modeling. <laughs> um I'm doing it right now. Oh yikes. What's your website now? Um uh the lost lowdown dot blogspot.com. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get a lot of people who are like, "Where's the foot fetishes? Where's the where's the pictures of feet?" Bring on the feet. Um, speaking of feet, thank you for listening, and uh, thanks and namaste. Namaste and good luck. <laughs>